0: Hey, everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott.
1: And I am Mace. Welcome to episode 142. Welcome. It's a drum roll
0: <laughs> Rebel. Confidence. <laughs> Confidence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I came in hot?
0: Yeah, Rebel. Okay. Rebel. So this is a-
1: what do we mean by Rebel? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, rebel currently is the youth group that Mace and I lead together digital online youth group. And it's something that we've been doing all year that we're very proud of Yeah, that is really, it's indescribable really. Like there's really no way to truly capture the magic of what has happened. I was talking to somebody today and I was like trying to explain rebel to them. And I just listened to myself and I sounded like a believer. (laughs) <laughs> no Whatever I know I'm becoming a believer <laughs> yeah. via this I, I was so positive and, and I was like selling someone on something and I was like I no words could describe how real and beautiful and amazing this is and I think uh, in the years past I've skewed very cynical and very f- angry and mm-hmm. very um, suspicious and not wanting to look at anything positive or silver lining I'm just like tear it all down I'm angry and I'm. I'm. Even as I'm talking now, I'm like maybe the whole, the whole vibe of this episode is gonna give people hope.
1: That I. F- I would hope that it does. Um. And I'm like, even as you're saying, I'm like, it's a youth group, but I'm also just like, it's a community. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this is this community that we're a part of. Mm-hmm. It's this thing called Rebel, and. I don't know. We're, we're giving an intro right now for folks <laughs> who are what listening. We're going to give a quick intro of like why we're talking about Rebel here, and then we're going to kind of tell the story of Rebel. Yeah, That's I mean, the plan for tonight.
0: Underneath the surface, it's like we have everyday, precious, amazing, no-small-thing listeners in mind. You're, yeah. you're, you've been on the journey. You know who you are. We know who you are. No-small-thing listeners. Yeah, And yeah. then we have... Shout out
1: to Lily, Olimu, Mekta, and Stephanie. <laughs> It'd be <laughs> as, sad if
0: you forgot someone. As
1: as the as the top four. <laughs> the
0: real, the, I mean, I, there's lots true. of other
1: people and Michael. Honestly, Michael, you're in yeah. there as well. The, so those are the top five.
0: Those are the those are the ones that engage on the highest level. Yes, yes. Um, and then we have like Beloved Arise followers in mind, and we mm-hmm. have Rebel students in mind, and we mm-hmm. have friends in mind, and we were talking about this before we started recording, but we want this to capture a little bit of what we're doing in a way that honors the work and the people. Um, And we want to make sense. So,
1: And like, so Scott and I, we've had this podcast for now, what, two and a half years. Are we on almost on three years? In
0: May, it will be three years. (laughs) Wild. Crazy to think about.
1: Wild. And in the midst of the story of No Small Thing, us making this, we've always been, also having a backstory, and it's not Mm -hmm. even a backstory, it's just the other side of Mm -hmm. us doing youth ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've hinted at Rebel many times on the podcast, so we were like, now's the time to really just explain it and share, because it's so much a part of us, Mm -hmm. and so much a part of our own stories, and it is a part of what's happening at No Small Thing. Mm -hmm. Like, they feel related, and so it's kind of like an invitation to this other piece of part of our puzzle and it's part of less certain more curious
0: 100 percent. like our,
1: our mission is less certain more curious and the unfolding of this community is in a lot of ways a lived out version of being uncertain yeah and being curious about what we can create and being imaginative
0: now, i don't know quite what quite what this means but i don't think there would be a rebel without no small thing like all these things came together you know like we wouldn't have the friendship that we yeah. have without no, no small thing. I don't, I think I'd probably still be working at this church that I was working at <laughs> for no small thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's hard to describe, but like, I, so, so let's just tell you all what you're getting into in this episode. Okay. Right now we're in the intro. We're going to say a few more introductory things, and then we're going to try to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to tell you a little bit of who we are. And I think part of no small thing for me, and I, I mean, I said this before we started recording, but um, this has been an opportunity for me to do something that isn't necessarily Christian. Yeah. Like I, I was a PK pastor's kid growing up and I've only majored in theology and then went to seminary and I've worked in churches, which has been fabulous. But I think I was itching for an opportunity to just be able to talk freely without the obligation of talking about the Bible,
1: right? Well, yeah. Cause I mean, in churches, it's like, if you don't bring it back to God, then was it a worthy conversation? Right.
0: <laughs> or the Bible. Yeah, totally. God or the Bible or Jesus. And, and so f- f- to just be able to talk and be me mm-hmm. and not just in private party, private life context, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, this is another part of myself that I'd like to share with the world without somebody saying, you didn't bring up a Bible verse. Yeah. Know? So there was part of me that in the early days of No Small Thing really didn't even want to acknowledge youth ministry. Although we did. We talked about age and wisdom. Age and wisdom was
1: like episode three or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we mentioned it, but it wasn't a... I mean, we intentionally got sort of silly. We're like, we're going to talk about really silly things and just have fun. Yeah. Um, But now certain things are lining up Mm -hmm. where all these things seem to... the, The work that we, we are doing with our lives and as uh, bandmates and business partners. Yeah, we're
1: d- an official business. <laughs> we are.
0: It just lines up and sort of bleeds together. And so, um, yeah, we, we want this to be a story. We want you to hear the story. We want you to understand what we're doing. Um, we want you to be able to celebrate what we're doing. Uh, we want you to be able to tell people about it because it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'll guess. I guess I'll give a bit of an outline. Great. In a second, you're going to get our stories, just in terms of our backstory of youth ministry.
1: Hmm.
0: Um. And then one of the best parts of this whole episode is that you'll hear from our actual rebel students. Yeah. That might be the best part.
1: I definitely think
0: it yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've been we've been um, in relationship with a lot of these students for almost a year now, and so it, you'll just be able to hear their reflections on what this this space has been like for them. And so we're so excited for hearing those. Uh, And then we're going to tell you a little bit about sort of the the tea of the old church that we used to work at and how it all went down and how we sort of left.
1: I know. I feel like we've never fully spilled the tea on this story. And I don't think we're going to give it like its full justice. We don't need to give it like so much airtime. But it is also so much a part of our story Mm -hmm. is Scott and I met at this church that both of us ended up in our own ways getting Asked to leave. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And no small thing is so much a part of the getting asked to leave. Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Reuben's getting some sushi in the back. <laughs> um, Reuben has said thank you to this person, but the person <laughs> is still standing on the porch waiting for Reuben to come and collect it the food. Acknowledged. <laughs> Just explaining some COVID happenings here, everybody. First of all, we record the podcast <laughs> in Mesa's house. Yep. Um, some COVID things just happened where Reuven was trying to convey to this uh, delivery person that they could just leave the food on the porch. The person did not pick up the message and continued to stand and look at us awkwardly at the <laughs> window. <laughs> <laughs> and now Reuven is getting his sushi. Um, More you. There you go. More, More content. content. You just right. provided some content for us. Thank you. Um, <laughs> then we're going to talk about this, what we're calling sort of a liminal space time where mm-hmm. we... Didn't know what we were going to do. And I especially yeah. did not know what I was going to do with my life. You had a yeah. job at the time. I did not have a job.
1: It's true. It's true. And we were figuring it out. I was on team figure it out for Scott. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, this is not a job currently. We'd love for it to be a job someday. No
1: small thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you're just going to hear about Rebel and the youth group. The
1: story of what's happened. Because yeah. it's been only a year. And so much has happened in a year. And it's been a crazy year of this pandemic and figuring it out. Um, mm mm-hmm. I hope that this story provides some, like, yeah, I think you said hope and healing in a lot of ways. Just hearing our story, it's it's actually a really cool and compelling story, I like to think. Um, it is. I think both of us have been healed through this community in, like, a myriad of ways. And so I feel like if you're out there and you're a No Small Thing listener, it's like we've owed you this part of ourselves for yeah. a while now. Yeah. And so it feels like here, here you go. Like this has been in the background of all of our conversations. And so kind of wanting to like bring this forward and share this part of us that continues to inform what we're doing here.
0: Yeah. And I guess I also just want to say, if you are a person that found this episode through Beloved Arise and you're sort of a seeking Christian person, that's like hanging on by a thread or, or sort of disenchanted with evangelicalism or something Mm -hmm. like that. I guess part of the overall message is we're all trying to discover different ways to express faith and meaning and um, divinity and God and worship and, and not letting other maybe uh, traditional staler, stale um, institutions do that and, Mm -hmm. and, and and, rigid and and finding, um, I guess, giving ourselves permission to, detach from all that and do something different. So if you're like, mm-hmm. is there, is that possible? We're like, yep, it's possible. We're doing it.
1: Yep. It's we're doing it and it's beautiful and it's messy and it's crazy, but it's cool. Yeah. So welcome to the story of rebel.
0: <laughs> Bam. Mm-hmm. So you, let's just get into it. we think we we're should gonna, get into it. We're going to share a little five minutes each about essentially like our backstory with youth ministry.
1: And it will end with how Scott and I met each other. Yeah.
0: That's the cliffhanger <laughs> of this portion of the episode. So, um, I, Grew up as a pastor's kid, PK. Yeah, and I had no beef with that. It was actually really great. Um, I I took Mason, Maddie, and reuven to my church over the summer for like a little road trip, and I was like sort of. I I I mean I said I, I said that yeah I said that playfully. It was like a sort of like a little prince. Like I had a key to the church. Um, I I could let my friends in whenever I want to play basketball, and I think. I got a lot of social credibility with being the pastor's kid, just not in my church, but in my town mm-hmm. that I grew up in, mm-hmm. neighborhood, city, Kent, Kent? Washington. <laughs> I don't know, it's a town. Um, and my grandpa was also a big person in young life.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: in my family, growing up, it was I, I didn't really know much about business people and other professions. I was like, I was oh, I was like steeped in youth ministry, and it mm-hmm. seemed like. The thing to do, you know, yeah. I think my grandpa and my dad and and then other people in my life seem so fulfilled. It always seemed very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I think I'm going to do that. Um And I really didn't. I mean, now my kids are 16 and 14 and they're like weighing all their career options. <laughs> They've got like 30.
1: I couldn't imagine. I couldn't never imagine either of them going yeah. into the ministry. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. I know.
0: <laughs> they, I mean, they both have like 4.0s and they're both already talking about all the colleges they want to go to and all the careers they are thinking about. And it's like, I knew I wanted to go to a private Christian college and major in theology and go to youth ministry. And it's like, there's no ever other, it just was clear. It, yeah. it felt
1: like there wasn't really much. Yeah. I, I feel like you didn't even know there was much choice. It just was like, yeah, this is great. This is lined out for me.
0: And I said it and I got celebrated every time I said it. I was like, okay, great. I think this, this is the right path.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you add some like, Religion on top of that, and you, you say, Oh, it must be a sign from God. You know, yeah. I, s- I want it. I said it. People celebrate. People clap. I, yeah, I must be doing the right thing. So, went to SPU. both Mason and I went to SPU, Seattle Pacific University, private Christian college here in Seattle, Washington, where we currently live. And we are We're currently down the street from it uh, <laughs> a mile, half a mile. Half a mile. Half away from a mile. I still live yeah. right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Personally, majored in theology and educational ministries, which I think you also did. And mm-hmm. for me, I got a job right out of college, right in this neighborhood. And it was a it was the perfect job. I got I got married when I was 22, senior year of college, wanted to be a youth pastor. And then I guess just to make it very clear to our listeners and friends and whoever's listening, I was a youth pastor here in Seattle at Bethany Presbyterian for 11 beautiful, wonderful years. Yeah. When I first started going to that church, my son Jack was three months old.
2: Baby. Yeah. And oh, I tell the story so all cute. the time.
0: But like the youth elder at the time who had been a part of hiring us just approached us on our first day and Jack was in his little swingy, I don't know, what do you call it, carrier, mm-hmm. and looked at him and said, welcome home. You know? And it was. It was a beautiful home and, and a <laughs> beautiful place for our faith to grow. And yeah. I, as, as a 24-year-old complete novice in professional youth ministry, had a lot of, uh, support and trust. So for 11 years of my life, I got to do a lot of the things that I thought was good and was really supported and never really felt like I was pushing against anything. It just felt like we were doing our own little thing at Bethany. And, uh, so this will, this will be the cliffhanger of my journey currently. And then the next part of after the break is you're going to hear Mason, and I meeting at UPC, but mm-hmm. essentially after 11 years of youth ministry, I was in a space where i Gotten my master's degree. I had 11 years of experience. And the, the classic trajectory of a youth pastor is that you eventually, heavy quotes, graduate to becoming a senior a pastor. Senior yeah, exactly. And that was never something I was interested in. Which it is still its own
1: effed up way it really that it hier- makes the hierarchy of like, oh, yeah. all the adults now, it's better. You get more paid. Yep. Ugh, yep. It makes me so yep.
0: mad. So it's a (laughs) more paid. (laughs) So it's a strange dilemma for somebody like me. I don't. I I would love to know a real true statistic of somebody who's been in it this long and still is interested in being in it. Yeah. Um, and has a lot of energy and interest for it, not just like doing it the same old way, but like trying to continue to think about new ways to do it, and definitely feeling less and less interested in having any sort of senior pastor or higher-up person tell me how to do it.
1: Right, right.
0: Which is a strange energy because a lot of youth pastors are like 25.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's, it is like a head pastor and training kind of vibe. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's like, oh, we'll stick you with the youth, but you're really, you know, that you're going to one day come up to the big leagues. It's yeah. Like, so well, what guess happens? What? The youth are the big leagues.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Amen. So what happens if I'm 41 <laughs> Ooh, now I got an amen. and I get hired by like a 35 year old senior pastor, you know, that, that person's technically my boss.
3: Right.
1: And right. And
0: it's like, and then I'm like, oh, you don't even know youth ministry. Yeah. So, so I think I was at the stage of my life and this is where pre-meeting mace and working at this other new church Mm -hmm. i was at a stage in my life where i want to keep doing youth ministry i wanted a change i wanted a challenge but i also wanted a fresh place to like essentially use all of my experience and knowledge to build something original Mm -hmm. i guess that's the quickest way of saying it yeah yeah and that's what i was looking for And uh, I feel
1: like you went and you got your master's and you had done youth ministry and you kind of came out with those two things with some sense of a philosophy of how you wanted to do youth ministry. Mm -hmm. So you're like, let's put it into practice.
0: So something was happening in my life where the universe was meeting me halfway. Like I knew that that's what I wanted. And then in a, in a, in a, a, like two to three month span, like five to six to seven churches reached out to me and asked me to like be their youth pastor. Hmm. So I was like, it started this chain of events where I was like talking to my wife and being like, okay, what is it? And, um, so we landed on this church EPC and it seemed like the next adventure, so to speak. You
2: yeah. Know? I, I, yeah. Kind,
0: I kind of thought of it as like an incubator. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would love to write about youth ministry. I'd love to like teach on youth ministry. And this will be the place where I can try out some of my ideas mm-hmm. and have a lot of support and resources to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, a little foreshadowing here, but this is this is in in, in no way did any of this stuff happen. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll tell you a little bit about that. But like, no. I was so naive. I thought it was going to be like Bethany, which I'd worked at for eleven years, just like r- cranked up a little bit. Where you felt supported and yeah. cared
1: for and free to.
0: I mean, just the idea of like heading into it, they told me I'd have two administrative assistants. So I was like, that sounds amazing, great. <laughs> um, Eat this. Yeah. So that's that's a little bit of my backstory. I think I think heading into that time, that was about five years ago. And I was ready to, I don't know, like really double down on a career in youth ministry, I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about your backstory with youth ministry?
1: Is it, <laughs> is it my turn?
0: I think so. Camps.
1: No, it is camps. (laughs) It is camps. SBU? Yeah, so I'll be brief. Um, I grew up in not a super Christian home, like medium Christian, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like, read the Bible with my dad, but it was casual, and my dad didn't like the church, and my mom didn't really care, so we didn't go to church. It wasn't a big deal. Um, In middle school, I ended up going to an evangelical Christian camp, Hume Lake, shout out. Um, And it, like, changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, I was a really anxious kid, and discovering God gave me a lot of comfort and certainty. Mm. Like I think as we talk about certainty, Mm. like having this idea of a certain God that cared about me and loved me and was with me made me feel a lot less alone. And so going from, I was like high anxiety in sixth grade and then like high confidence in seventh grade because I'd like become a believer and had Mm. Jesus with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kind of went from there and just was, became the church kid um that was like became a primary community of mine um got it took me a while but eventually by the time I was in like high school was really involved in my youth ministry um just that kid that was at every event all the time just like they super here for it all I was I mean I love God moments I love extremes I love all of that and was here for it here for camps here for retreats just pretty passionate about it all and Became like this oddball in my own family of like I'm super involved in Christianity in the church and I believe in this and my family was like okay sure that's fine but they didn't really. That is such a funny
0: (laughs) comparison to my journey.
1: (laughs) Like they didn't really care that much. Like it was like I will you come to church to watch me perform and they'd be like sure I guess and my dad would like low key resent that he had to go to church.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like
1: I they were totally happy that I was going they were not like in any qualms about it and they were like yeah we're christians so this is cool and I got a lot of brownie points with my grandparents mm. I was like I was the holy grandchild <laughs> um so I was pretty like pumped on it and that was really big for me and I was in high school like very much like this this saves lives because it saved my life in a lot of ways. Like I gained so much weirdly, I gained a lot of autonomy in terms of like how much I was able to be less anxious Mm. when I like found faith. Mm. Like it really helped me in a lot of ways. But then at the same time I also like fell into some interesting like idolizing of christian leaders Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i quickly got into like there was quite a few like charismatic christian leaders at this camp that i went to and i like fell in love and wanted to become them so i had these models that i was really striving to be like Mm -hmm. um and so by the time i was a senior in high school it was really interesting because all my friends from church were a year older than me so they all left and then it was just me and I had one other close friend. But for the most part, it was kind of like I was one of the only people in my class that was there. And we switched pastors like my pastor left with that group. So there was this really interesting change of guard when I was a senior in high school mm. that like gave me a lot of like I felt very empowered. And like I'm here to make sure our youth group is good and like I'm going to be consistent, responsibility. a lot of responsibility and a lot of like sense of needing to be there for that community and the pastor that came um i got pretty close with and he was the first person he was like i think you should be you could do this like Mm. he was like very much like i think you would be a good pastor and it's so fascinating because at the time (laughs) i wasn't really convinced that women could be pastors and at the time i was identifying as a woman and uh, like
2: uh, 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 uh.
1: also felt really convicted like i had this season of life where i would like share like i would i would like begin a group and share and teach something and then like i would go back into like my room and find Bible verses that said that woman couldn't preach. Never heard this part of your story. And just like berate myself and be like, oh, of course this person didn't get it because I shouldn't have been reading it anyway. Oh, it
0: gave you... See, this is the trippy thing about the way the Bible gets used sometimes is it just gave you a reason to do something you already felt inclined to do, which is like shame yourself. Right. Yourself. I,
1: I shame myself regardless. I'm
0: going to go find those verses.
1: But there was <laughs> verses now that I just looked at and I would go and find them and I would pifle through the Bible and be like, oh, yep, yeah, this is why I shouldn't have explained <laughs> spiritual disciplines to these people. Of course I'm they didn't get it. Um, wow. Wow. So it's really interesting because I felt convicted that women couldn't be pastors. And I went to SPU wanting to study theology. Mm. So it's like wow. this very fascinating thing that I like did and came into. And I, um, I was following the footsteps of these leaders. Honestly, there's a few people who I know studied this. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And... It's really fascinating. Kirsten who has been on the podcast, always jokes that when she first met me, she didn't like me because I was like in all these classes and thinking women couldn't be preachers. And Kirsten, like, the
0: snack queen. The snack queen. If you want to listen to our episode on snacks. Um,
1: <laughs> so, so I was in this program that was Edmin educational ministry. And then I studied youth ministry and I did reconciliation studies, which was a theology degree. So similar to Scott, like all theology mm-hmm. um, in my undergrad. And, I mean, I love caring for people and I love community and I love what the church offered me. Um, and I really cared about doing that work. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very, it took me like a, within like the first year I was like, oh, I can do this. Me being a quote unquote woman uh, didn't <laughs> matter And I can do this. And I felt empowered at that point. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so then by the time I was in my spring quarter of freshman year, I needed to find a church to do youth ministry in because I started my youth ministry minor. Mm. And we had to start doing hours for it. And I wanted that. And I had already started going to this church UPC. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll do youth ministry at this place. So my... Senior, my freshman year, I started, I like reached out and I was like, hey, can I be a part of this youth group? And so that's kind of where my story began at UPC was doing youth ministry there. And I was then given a small group the next year. So starting my sophomore year of college, I had a small group and they were incoming uh, sixth graders, mm-hmm. which is crazy because that group of people are now going to are graduating high school mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. which is just crazy crazy they're seniors um and yeah i mean that's kind of i don't know i mean i feel like that brings it up to speed in terms of us meeting each other and i was at that church for by the time you and i met or the time you and i like overlapped i had been a volunteer and then i started to work there mm. so i mean i love youth i love ministry i love being with them i loved it in a lot a lot of ways Um, and was taking classes on it and kind of loving theology and then starting to resent theology towards the end. But that's, I don't know, that's kind of up to speed, I guess. So before you and I met, I had seen you and knew you around because I was an intern for a year while you, it was your first year working there. Yeah, But I I was with middle schoolers and you were with high schoolers. For people Mm -hmm.
0: to try to understand, this is a church that's on the bigger side. So it's like, 2,500 to 3,000 people.
1: Yeah. So many.
0: Yeah. So the church I worked at for a long time was like 400 people. So this was like a lot bigger, but it's not like mega church style, but it was like big and it's a big giant building and a huge staff and like just chaotic, honestly, at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. No, for (laughs) real. So, I mean, it's crazy because I was an intern for middle schoolers while you were your first year of Mm -hmm.
0: being a pastor and Uh, at this particular church, at
1: this particular church. And we barely knew each other. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't know each other. I just right. saw you in passing, which is sad. We, like, literally had offices, like, next to each other. Mm-hmm. Which is just, like, now, looking back, I'm like, we were missing out on mm-hmm. hanging out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, that's, I guess, brought up to speed.
0: Yeah, we want you guys to know this because this maybe we were talking about maybe beforehand do- someday doing an episode on just youth ministry in general. But mm-hmm. we want you to understand how much how much we have invested in this. And yeah. I think part of the overall story of this, if you listen to our episode with June on beloved arise, it's like sort of how these two things converged. It's like me and Mace and some others having a, a desire to sort of like reform youth ministry in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't get to really say, but like I'm taking all these youth ministry classes and the classes are saying, hey, the way churches are doing youth ministry, anything similar to you is like isn't really working. Yeah. Like you're getting a lot of kids who are leaving the church because they are God is pretty stagnant yeah. and they don't have a good, robust view of God. And I think you and I both have a huge heart for the ways in which the church like abandons youth and like siphles youth off to like events that are, like, let's sugar them up and make them feel crazy. And that's what youth ministry is. It's games and fun. And I think you and I both, I mean, I don't know. I've been getting too far into it. But, like, I wanted to do youth ministry because I wanted to really, like, meet kids where they were and, like, see them as whole people and work with them as whole people. Sounds great. And there is this interesting tension that I think both you and I started to run into, which I guess is the tease Mm -hmm. that, that youth youth ministry isn't typically seen that way. Like youth ministry is seen as like babysitting teenagers, which is just so sad.
0: I think adults and and this is broader than church are are adults in general are very patronizing to teens Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's a waste of everyone's time.
1: Gosh. And it's so freaking annoying when you're like, Hey, guess what? Like, the most wise people in your congregation you've decided to like silo off and reduce them down to your misunderstanding of adolescence
0: yeah yep yep so the way this episode is going to work everybody is that's a little bit of our journey and we're going to take little breaks every now and then for you to actually hear from some of our students Mm -hmm. so i don't know which reflection we're going to put in here but we've been talking to our actual students about what rebel has been like for them so these are unscripted. We didn't pay these kids <laughs> to say what we wanted them to say. We just asked the question and let them share from their heart. So you'll hear from our students in between these segments. And when we come back, me and Mace, Mace and me, Mace and I, I don't know, Mace and me, um, we'll tell you a little bit about this church we worked out and how it all ended and then how Rebel started Yep. when we come back.
4: Um, so I'm Yasmeen, uh, use they them pronouns. Um, I think I first found you guys via Instagram. I think a like Beloved Arise post like showed up on like my recommended or something like that while I was scrolling. And I was like, hmm, that's different. Um, I'm gonna like check out their page. Um, and I think I started following them. I was probably following them for about a month before I like really engaged with their page. I was like too scared to like their posts at the time because I was in like a super just conservative um, like Christian environment and was like the president of an evangelical organization on the campus. Um, So I was like, oh, I don't want anyone to like know what, like that I'm liking queer posts. Um, That could get me in trouble. Um, And then I was like, well, I'm not really having a good time in my space, and there's a youth group. Maybe I should just, like, go, give it a shot. I'll show up once or twice, see what this is like. Probably won't like it. What people are saying about affirming theology is probably correct. It'll be weird. There'll be weird people, and then I'll leave. Uh,
0: I love that. It'll be weird. There'll be weird people, and then I'll leave.
4: Yeah, because, like, I never really heard about affirming theology and what I did hear from people was like oh watch out for affirming theology like people are affirming in their theology then they're really weird about all this other stuff so you don't want to go to affirming churches um so that was kind of like my framework coming in um and then that was like totally not the case like I came in so hesitant and like oh I'm only going to be here like temporarily um and then everyone was just, like, so cool and nice and in, like, a similar place. And I was like, wow, this is way more fun than, like, the kind of stuff I've been forced to lead the last, like, year and a half. I think I want to keep coming. Um, so that's kind of how I got started, I guess. I, and I just really liked the people. I think I connected with, like, Mace right away, connected pretty fast with Taylor, one of the young adult leaders. Um and it was just like this is fun I, I like these people i have better like conversations with them than i'm having in like my day-to-day life so
0: geez so cool
4: my heart is so
1: happy and so glad that you joined the weird people i mean we are weird I like <laughs> you're not wrong on that but that makes me so happy
0: it seems like you've been on a pretty um accelerated journey then because I feel like by the first time I talked to you 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 were way more sort of comfortable and confident in this sort of space
4: yeah I think it was I feel like 2020 was just like a really weird year of growth where like nothing was really happening in like the world around us like everything kind of came to a halt and so I think that like freed me up because I wasn't like meeting with the places that like made me continue to like repress my queerness anymore in person and like our campus at least everyone was just kind of like oh we're all just kind of like really sad about the pandemic and we don't really want to hop on zoom calls so ministry with that group just kind of came to a halt which gave me a lot more time to be like oh I'm not like being reminded a couple times a week of like I have to be a certain way in order to like Still be friends with these people and also maintain like my leadership position. Um, And at the same time, things were also getting like kind of weird with my church because I would say that was like the only other like Christian community I was a part of at the time since campus ministry had kind of just like come to a halt. And I was just feeling a lot of dissonance there because of their response to like the Black Lives Matter protests over the summer um and even their response to like corona was just like making me feel like something just feels really off here and so I'm gonna like take a step back and then had just a really bad experience with a couple of the um like women leaders I was going through like a program with them to like work through some trauma because I was like I think I should go to therapy but I'm like afraid to go to therapy will someone like prove with me so I can find a therapist and they're like don't go to therapists. therapist, just talk to, like, women at the church, which is not great, um, and I ended up meeting my current partner, like, over the summer, but we weren't dating because I had too much, like, internalized homophobia, mm-hmm. I was, like, I really, really care for this person and don't know what to do about, so I brought that to those leaders mm-hmm. with, like, the hope that, not even that they would affirm me, but just that they would be, like, gentle with me, and then it was, like, The opposite is like, well, if you fall into like affirming theology, I think that's the devil talking to you and you need to like go get theologically sorted with our head pastor and then was kind of forced into coming out to him. They were like, you need to reach out to Nick. And I was like, "Mm, no, and just didn't. And then they reached out to him on my behalf. Oh, gosh. So that was kind of like the last straw for me. And I think at that point I had been to like rebel maybe two or three times because Rebel actually was meeting around the time that I was meeting with those women. Yeah, uh, yeah. So then I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to those meetings anymore. I think I'm just going to come to rebel because it makes me feel good. And even if I like, don't end up in an, like affirming myself, at least I know I can like go and not like pretend or hide. Yeah. Yeah. I think myself up to like just be in that space was really good because i i would say like i was the president of an evangelical organization and was constantly like sharing the gospel with people but like could not believe for myself that i was like beloved by god until like a month a month and a half into like being at rebel so i feel like <laughs> just the like nurturing and gentle and affirming environment that like we have just like allowed me to be like oh okay i can like be nice to myself that's allowed and that just freed up so much space for growth Uh,
0: beautiful beautiful and sad and frustrating story but um yeah i'm just like so glad you found us, and i'm so glad Mm -hmm. you because you're such a fun person to know i remember one of my first talks with you uh, mason i had said this was like uh keep rebel janky (laughs) <laughs> and it was like are we are we we're growing so are we supposed to get a little bit more slick like are we supposed to get slick and and are we supposed to put on like a production or something and you're like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay good yeah okay, I like it
1: I feel like it's been really like fun seeing like I Scott said it like you in the beginning, like talking with you and just the tension of being in these different spaces. And I feel like what a profound gift for yourself to choose like, choose like truth and choose being yourself and choose like, like I don't know. Today we had this talk from Kevin and I'm, it's still on my mind of just like listening to the true good voices and not allowing those ones to, like beat yourself up and tell you that who you are isn't enough. And like, I think in a lot of ways, like our community is so special because there's people like you who are living into that and like allowing that truth to be spoken into your life. And it's just like, it's so encouraging. I love you so much.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right back at you.
0: You guys, especially, have had a particular bond, you know? Um, so that's been really sweet.
1: Mm-hmm. I would be, I asked this to Michaela and I feel like she gave a really interesting answer, but of like, how has being a part of Rebel like formed your faith or like shifted the way you see God or see yourself? I know you've kind of answered some of that, but like, I don't know if you want to expand.
4: Um, I think it's like freed me up to see a lot more nuance. Like, I feel like a lot of my background as both like growing up Catholic and then being like really involved in the evangelical world is there was just so much black and white which can be really damaging and harmful and I feel like we really embrace like the nuance and the gray area at rebel um so it just makes for like a lot more fruitful conversations and I don't feel I don't feel bad anymore for like where I stand with God because I think in so many other spaces it's like you have to be close to God or like something is off like Mm. you Work really hard to like be close to God instead of just like letting it be like a journey and exploring different like spiritual practices. Like, how do you individually connect with God? Um, so I feel like I'm just in a much healthier, more like nuanced, kind of like mystical, fun, explorative space, mm-hmm. um, and just like a lot healthier.
0: That. it couldn't have been better said than that like <laughs> I mean, you know, even even if we even if like 30 people went out of their way this sounds so cheesy and trite and like the the starfish on the ocean shore or something like that but like even if 30 of us decided to do this just for yasmin and that story it'd be totally worth it <laughs> that testimony you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah it was really
0: funny I was, I was trying to prep for my talk this afternoon and i was trying to trying to just figure out what some of my favorite theologians were saying about what what this unity in Christ thing means because I've been posting about it on my Facebook all week and it's really weird like I think what we're doing at Rebel and some of the things you mentioned I just keep saying we're reversing things or it's like it seems like turning things upside down or like like um, they're saying unity in Christ this one more conservative thing I just clicked on it out of curiosity Uh, but I think it was like from focus on the family or something like that and they're like that means that uh, our our society today has made diversity an idol um, and we need to get back to being Christ as the center and Christ is the thing that unifies us so then kind of misusing that passage of saying there's no longer male nor female, Greek nor Jew uh, slave nor free and it's like it's the reverse of that it's because Jesus or love or God is at the center that we don't have to worry about people expressing and being who they want because love is the main thing but they're they're sort of saying in some sort of kooky weird way like uh don't worry about all your diversity and the things that make you you just worry about jesus it's like what yeah
1: it's like it's like actually unity in christ is like the the recognition of the complexity of the diversities Mm -hmm. that it's like in with all those diversities we like Christ is representative of that inter interrelationship and the the each individual specificity. Like specificity it isn't not equal to being u, like unified.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and I think- like
4: one of my favorite passages is like uh is from Revelation when they're talking about like the multitude in heaven from every like tribe, uh I don't know the exact, but the tribe tongues and stuff like that. And I um heard One staff member from like the previous evangelical organization that I was part of, um, he was talking to us because we were doing like a lot of anti-racism work that week. And he was talking about how like Christians really put like a high value on like marriage and things like that. But there's no real like discussion of like being married in heaven. But they do talk about like you being from your distinct like tribe or culture and your like language. So like diversity in that feels really important. Mm -hmm. even though we like tend to just like brush that aside and that's something that has like continued to stick with me yeah
0: Yeah. that's so good i think too and i'm not telling anybody here anything they don't know but uh it's just this idea of like seeing everything through a new lens it's like well of course anybody that's part of the quote-unquote dominant culture or especially white straight men get to express themselves however they want without thinking about like oh hey um oh you like golfing well uh your identity is supposed to be in christ so stop golfing you know it's like what <laughs> the way we use that it's like oh well i i think i like women it's like oh well your identity is in christ not your light your love for women it's like what
2: <laughs>
0: we don't apply that rubric to anything else you know it's <laughs> like, what the heck yeah nuts and i think it's just nice to start to get confident Seeing the nonsense in it, like I mean, I think all of us. Well, it's it's funny that Mace doesn't have as much baggage with Christianity. She, Mace has a little baggage with Christianity, but not. Um, we, we we were just so uh, second guessing our own thoughts. I'm like, I, there must be something wrong with me. I don't get it. So I'll just keep going along until someday I get it, <laughs> and yeah. I can confidently be like, this is really silly. <laughs>
1: don't get it for a reason yeah, yeah yes me do you want any final words
4: um uh i guess I'll, I'll just say if there's like young people out there who are listening to no small thing but haven't like joined rebel you should come it's great some of my like favorite people to talk to these days are from the youth group so it's a good time
0: gosh i love this So I'm so thankful for you guys, man.
4: I know. (laughs) Thank you for you guys, (laughs) too.
1: We're back.
0: Hey, everybody. We're back. Uh, Hopefully, you enjoyed that reflection. I mean,
1: hopefully it's not too jarring that we're like going back and forth, but I think that's kind of fun. It's like a flashback or flash forward in a TV show. Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, (laughs) we're doing that with like breaking bad and the wire and stuff, but like, yeah, there's a flash forward, you know, this, Mm -hmm. we're telling a story. So you get a tease of like an actual kid that's in the actual youth group, but you haven't even heard about the youth group yet. Yeah. But these, these stories are so compelling and these kids are some of the most amazing kids we've ever met. But, um, so we are working at this church, everybody. Yeah, we are. So, I like I said I go to this church thinking it's going to be sort of an incubator and I'm I'm trying to talk about this church in a way where I'm just I'm just trying to bottom line it for everybody and say it wasn't a good fit.
1: Yes, it was not a good fit. That's
0: all it is. I'm not going to say anything negative necessarily about this church, but I will say the facts. I will say what happened, you know. And I I would say what I what I experienced going into this church and Mason and I now talk about this as like bags of gold, like yeah. a blessing in disguise. But at the time, if uh, you
1: sew it, if you sew it, it can yeah. be a bag of gold.
0: Very, uh, very ambiguous what that means. But but we're going to have time <laughs> to unpack that. <laughs> I'm sure people can understand what you mean, though. So I'm going into this church oh, retrospect now that now that I, now hindsight is 2020. Mm-hmm. very naive, ultimately, which yeah. I shouldn't have been because I grew up in Christianity. I grew up in evangelicalism. But I was sort of sheltered in this other sort of sort of quasi-progressive liberal Presbyterian Church here in Seattle for 11 years. So I think a lot of assumptions I made going to this church is that we're all adults having reasonable conversations sort of moving the ball forward in terms of theological discussions about God right there really isn't anything one can and can't say when it comes to reflections and ponderings and you know there's always a baseline return to something about, jesus and love and god and and stuff like that but like in general we're all just talking we're right. all just sharing ideas wondering and i had never gotten slapped on the wrist or gotten in trouble or you know it's like in my general style is sort of like empower kids to think for themselves so i mm-hmm. rarely if ever stood up in front of kids that i taught and said here's the right way to think right, I, right. Say,
1: I can't imagine you doing that. right i
0: <laughs> say here's one way to think Here's another way to think. And the way I started cultivating my own style by the end in my first church was we met in a little living room and there'd usually be like 15 of us. And I would present an idea and we'd have a discussion. It was as simple as that. I had so much fun. (laughs) Um, And so this was a church that was sort of like old school evangelical and Mm -hmm. sort of set in its ways. uh, Try not to be critical, but like... uh, (laughs) really hard to maneuver.
1: I'm going to be critical. Go ahead. Go because ahead. Because they're homophobic.
0: Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Um, I'm saying for me, in my story, in my reflection, um, that I hit a hit a wall of sorts. Like, I was able to be given permission to sort of lead trips the way they'd already been led, lead the youth group the way it was always led. Yeah. yeah. But, like, nobody wanted anything new. So it was a complete miss in terms of the hopes because i was hoping for an incubator i thought i had like sort of built up a reputation here in seattle as a really trustworthy source like let
1: scott do what scott does yeah Yeah.
0: and actually it was the total opposite it was like you were here to do it the way we do it and i thought okay well given enough time i'll be able to sort of turn this ship around and gain some trust and credibility and um that didn't happen (laughs) uh (laughs) for many 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 reasons but it was a it was a perfect storm of I guess, two huge factors of me getting increasingly confident approaching 40 and not wanting to deal with anybody telling me what to do, essentially. Yeah. And um, honestly, meeting you and starting No Small Thing, it was like, we're not playing games here anymore. really mean this. Yeah. Um, So uh, in the midst of all of this, I guess I'll just say before I hand it over to you, um, Mace became my intern. Yeah. <laughs> Mace was I was the high school director, Mace was the middle school intern. Mm-hmm. Mace wanted to move up with their crew mm-hmm. and um wanted to be the high school intern. I was we met once for coffee. It was wonderful. We instantly connected in my opinion. You can it was speak for a yourself. big
1: time good good vibes.
0: And it was off to the races, you know, and it was like I think I think that was one of the big things about that church was that Nobody, in our opinion, really understood youth ministry. I'd been doing it for a long time. In some ways, it seems, correct me if I'm wrong, my philosophy matched with a little bit of your philosophy from your days at SPU, Mm -hmm. which makes sense, because I went to SPU. And so we were both sort of like, in sort of like youth ministry reform mode. Yeah. And this church is like, well, we don't want to be reformed. Right. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to do our best to keep reforming without your permission and blessings on whatever you're up to, but we're going to be doing this, and we're very proud of what we're doing. Right. You know, I think we both had an understanding
1: we both had we both had convictions about how youth ministry should be done
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: and how and how churches were missing it with yeah. youth ministry
0: and i guess to to, to bef- r- just sum that up when people are like what the heck are they talking about it a lot of it has to do with taking kids seriously
1: so that much th- has to do with taking kids seriously it, it's like there's this really interesting mode that people get into with youth ministry where it's like Well, there's two things, I think. Okay. One thing is let's get our stats up on conversions. So that's one thing. Did not expect
0: you to say that, and I already want to throw up.
1: But it's true. (laughs) It It is. It is. It is. How can we get these teenagers to hear an altar call and come up and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and we'll do everything we can to have them have that moment where they do that? thinking that that is going to be it that is the golden ticket that's our number one priority so like that's this old way of youth ministry i feel like am i would -hmm. you agree Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: so there's that and then alongside that i guess
0: i would just add the caveat of like there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but but that's where they leave it It's like we did our job, pat ourselves on the back, photo ops, celebration, stats go up.
1: 17 17 youth went on this retreat, and they got baptized. And then what?
0: Uh, (laughs) You know, like what?
1: (laughs) And so there's that. That's one. And then alongside that, there's this very fascinating thing where adults think (laughs) that they are... Like single handedly passing, it's like a one way arrow mm-hmm. towards youth. Like, <laughs> we have something to tell these yeah,
0: youth. One we are going arrow.
1: to give them our information. We are going to tell them who God We've is. Learned. We've got, we figured out God and we're the church and we know what it is. And so we are going to tell them. And it is our job to tell them. I remember this freaking phrase of, gosh, <laughs>
0: you're fired up.
1: That it's, we help them to build the box that they will then think outside of.
0: Oh, wow. There it is. I
1: remember that. And I remember, I mean, there's something a little bit, like that's a little, like slightly better than mm. this idea of like, what's this box? But it is, it's like right now, while these people are, you know, 14 years old, all they can handle.
0: Right. Is all a, they can handle. All they
1: can handle is a box and they need to know the truth and they need to be given stability and they need to, they, we, uh, we cannot give them anything more than that. You're saying it, and it's just like, <laughs> You're getting are you me fired up. kidding me? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Because the like, I I'm like I remember being a youth and having grand opinions about God and having great ideas and thinking about expansive things mm-hmm. and having a say and having experiences of God that informed adults Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. my experiences of God what I would come back and bring it to my home and be Mm -hmm. like dad this experience and it can inform your faith and I have something to say about God but in very particular youth ministry settings it is this idea that the youth are here and well there's okay there's a third thing the third (laughs) thing is we are keeping these kids out of trouble yeah in youth ministry if we can keep get them going to enough youth groups and get them going to enough lock ins and get them going to enough camps.
0: I want to say side note. Yeah, I and this is a, f- a true un there's this is a fact. I've never let a lock in. Oh pastor,
1: blessings so. to <laughs> <it> you. <laughs> yeah. Have I let a lock in? I mean, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay, I so interrupted
0: your flow. You're, you're popping Look at us.
1: Um, the other thing is we are keeping kids out of trouble. Yep. And that is our primary goal is let's keep these kids from partying and let's keep these kids from the world and let's give them straight and simple answers because they're going to be satisfied with that, right?
0: Uh, let's not let, let them think for themselves. I mean, uh, I really did have a lot of parents come up and say it right to my face at this church. I had never had that. I always... I always had a lot of, like, parents that I was talking to or maybe I was pushing the envelope a little bit in my old church, but, like, there was a lot of trust and taking things in good faith. And then there was just a lot of trust in sort of my, quote, unquote, expertise. And right. I would say certain things to a kid or a parent at this church, and it was like uh, we're doing a sex series, and we're trying to give kids some sex education and helping them understand protection and consent and stuff. And I would have a parent come up to me, like, to about an 18-year-old, and they, I just, my son just needs you to tell him not to have sex before marriage. And I was like, well, that we will not be doing that. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, okay. Yeah. But we're also trying to get him to think crit- critically about his body and consent. And she's like, he's not old enough for that. I'm like, what? When, <laughs> when is he old enough? <laughs> and then he's about to graduate and go to college. And when is he going to get this content?
1: Well, and that's the thing. So, so I, to go, to continue off of that, it's like I was, so I started studying youth ministry and thank you for, for cool teachers. Like, I had Langford and Cuse who were also critical of this culture that Two was forming. Macy's
0: professors at SPU.
1: Yeah. And we had Cuse on the pod. Um, throwback to live the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so i there was, we were studying and I think you're studying this. It's like, we've got like Kenda Creasy Deans. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Study. And she's written this book. That's essentially like, Hey, guess what? Kids these days, we've done a ton of interviews, and they all think that, like, gosh, what's the what's the way that they view God? It's there's well, a there's a moralistic
0: therapeutic deism.
1: Yes, moralistic therapeutic deism. That's like they're all that they're given of God is this God that tells them what's right and wrong, and a God that will
0: like a divine therapist
1: exactly. Yeah, and essentially what what's happening across across Christian culture is. That's not really robust enough. And so what happens is kids graduate out of their like bubbles of youth groups and enter in. They haven't been equipped to think critically about their bodies, to think critically about sex, to think critically about God, to think critically about the world. And they go into the world and quickly abandon faith because their faith is so one dimensional. They've only been given a one dimensional faith because all the adults have said they can't handle anything more. Mm -hmm. And so I think you and I both were like, hey, I remember being like, um, wanting to do things a little differently and was definitely doing them differently with my small group. And I remember we had like a Bible study or like a a group we were doing even in the youth ministry thing. And I remember like reading it all of us together and thinking like, this is outdated. Like Mm -hmm. what we're reading, like this is... Like, it felt like everyone in the room, besides probably you and Katie and I, were like, yeah, look at this new information. And I was like, no, this is, like, 10 years old. Like, Mm -hmm. we need to be more present to what's happening. Like, there was a lot of, like, lack of awareness and lack of, like, attunement towards youth. And I remember another thing, like, in my, we talked about in my youth ministry minor, was, like, how marginalized youth are and just, like, how so much people talk about them but don't talk to them Mm -hmm. and so i think you and i both really connected just in this idea of like no we want to talk to these youth and allow them to decide what they want allow them to have a voice in who god is and like they are just as much a part of the church and have just as much to say about god as we do they know they have just as much authority to tell me who they think God is. And I don't have... It's not this one-way arrow. It is a back-and-forth arrow. It is a dance. It is Trinitarian, <laughs> one may say.
0: Um, so just to fast-track the rest of this story... Sorry, I really no, got fired that's up there. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's great. Um, I was there for three and a half years. And um, it, it, it started to become... I, 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 so here, here's, I'll say it this way. There was an interim pastor that was hired at this mm-hmm. church who is essentially the boss of our department. And I, this is where it would get really boring for people that don't care about churches and youth ministry. But, like, we had a department that was essentially middle school, high school, and children's. And we had this interim show up who was essentially head of our department and started doing a lot of write-ups on me. Like, I, I didn't, I've did not i never experienced that. I would just get these memos and these write-ups. And it was like, uh, this person came and watched one of my talks and said, Scott, one of these these lines just stick in my head. Scott is creating a dangerous subculture in the church. Like, dangerous subculture. I mean, this write-up cringely, in retrospect, happened the day after I said God is a black woman. Didn't like that did yeah. not like that. Dangerous subculture.
1: Dangerous subculture.
0: Um, so there started to be these little things of things that I was doing that I was obviously very proud of that all of a sudden I'm getting written up about. And it's it's really, I mean, it's a, it feels a little bit like gaslighting in the sense of like, I'm a veteran youth pastor who's only studied this my whole life and been in it my whole life and have never really been questioned or criticized, never been told I'm creating a dangerous subculture and somebody's coming in and saying, Scott's creating a dangerous subculture and doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm like, oh, and who are you? And this person is <laughs> literally like, doesn't
1: know how to talk to a teenager?
0: And literally zero experience <laughs> in this ministry. So it's like, I'm really trying to be like, okay, I'm trying to listen. And I'm like, dangerous subculture, help me understand what how that is happening. And the quickest way I can say it is, I think I was empowering kids like i was telling them they have a voice they can question the adults and obviously foreshadowing to rebel but um i think there was this interesting energy of like this this is this is more foreshadowing but it's more what we're about today of like somehow some adults think kids have it bad life is stressful Mm -hmm. um and so, when they come to church, they need to be told Jesus loves them, and yeah. they're safe, and that's all good and well, yeah, but there there seems to be a sense that letting kids think for themselves and ask questions seems to be dangerous, and so mm-hmm. they're like, you're stirring things up they're stirred up enough they now this is the place where they just need to be given some certainty Gosh. and given some comfort, Gosh. and that's your job, and it's fifteen minutes a week, so don't bring up God's a black woman don't let don't God, don't let them. Think about their faith, or like leave them asking questions when they go home. Like reassure them, and I mean this blends in with the things we've talked about on this podcast about like defense mechanisms. It's like actually oh, this is yeah. coming from adults who also don't want to ask questions, and well, and who
1: have been denied being asked questions for so much of their life. Mm-hmm. So then, to all of a sudden say these kids can do it, then they have to be able to do it, and that's a whole lot to grieve.
0: Yeah, no, it is. So I guess more fast tracking. I'll say No Small Thing started. I think from my perspective in terms of letters I was getting from parents or least le seeing, it was like this is a non-affirming church. So if you want to go all, all in on homophobia in a sec, go ahead. But it's like um that was I will. That yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's where the real story of No Small Thing and Rebel and all these things really start to generate some heat. Yeah. Um I I told this church I was affirming, heading into it. And they said that wasn't a problem. And all of a sudden, little, little things started to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we got one gay leader here. We got another gay leader here. Now some leaders feel a little bit more comfortable being out with being gay. And now I'm asking leaders in the church, is this okay? And they're like, yeah, totally. And I think they're just trying to keep this potential wildfire from getting out of control. So they're like, as long as we say it's okay and we don't make a deal out of it, they won't make a deal out of it. And honestly, from what I can gather is like no small thing. Mm-hmm. in this church started to become a very public thing and kids started listening, parents started listening and it's like, okay, we have this guy and his intern and are is this person like uh, queer or like, what know, is so this, what is this person? This person hints. is strange. I remember getting an angry letter from a parent that said, we talked about Steven Universe and that's sort of like, and we hinted that it was a queer cartoon and and sort of said that was a good thing and they're like, why are you talking about this cartoon? And Yeah. So all these things started happening. I think I'm sure words started to spread with teens, and more of our kids started feeling comfortable coming out. And, um, I honestly think no small thing is the thing that really was the like our friendship. Up. Yeah, our friendship. Um, and so because
1: perceivably also on the outside of this church, like I'm not even identifying non-binary at this point, and yeah. like I'm this young perceivably woman. Yeah, and you're this.
0: You're my intern. Yeah, you're if the z pastor,
1: and like we've become close friends. Yeah, like we're intimate friends, and we have a let's
0: podcast. Where we're just talking about Kanye West and Twenty One Pilots, and the
1: church has years. a history of not like in the in the worst way, like policing men and women. Mm-hmm. It's like very, very much like a lot of threat mm-hmm. there, and totally. just like. I mean, just very low expectations for what men are capable of Yep. in terms of, like, it's just, it's just, I feel like in so many ways, our friendship was a lot of the issue.
0: Probably. I mean, it's, 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 it's not the only issue. There's lots, lots of other of issues. issues, lots of other issues, but um, essentially it came to the point where they were like, you need to sign this document. And I don't think this was the only thing that ended it, but I think it was definitely like a clear way for them to say this isn't going to work yeah so you know it's like <laughs> this classic evangelical church it's like you need to sign this document that says you believe marriage is between a man and a woman and it wasn't even at that point because again i was approaching 40 whatever that that meant something to me i'm like i'm yeah. an adult yeah. like i'm not faking this stuff anymore yeah. yeah and i told you i was like i was telling everybody i told you very clearly that i was affirming when i started working here um so i like th- i think they had a very sort of political way of saying oh now we have precedent he won't sign this document we're in disagreement and and then it's really framed in this way of scott's choosing right not to and right. I'm like okay it's like that's obviously not what's happened although i did not want to work there yeah so essentially
1: it was it was like this weird thing of it was slightly relieving but also had yeah. a lot of sorrow and a lot of grief to it. Cause you were Whoa. so hopeful. Love these
0: kids. Love, love what we were trying to do in this youth group. Um, but yeah, eventually came to this point where it was like we had a bunch of leaders and kids and a ministry going and I got let go. And it's just, I, I remember the day I got the email that was like meet, meet in the HR department office mm-hmm. at two. And I was sort of like giddy. I was like, Oh my gosh. It's like, they're doing it for me. Like, I kind of wanted to get out of there, but it's like I didn't have the courage
1: yeah, yeah
0: um, so yeah, I mean that do you want to add any bit of your journey and how these things are all culminating for you
1: yeah, so Homophobia. so I've been <laughs> at this church for since before Scott was there, so I've been at this church for it would have I was there for about six years mm-hmm. um, so super invested. I mean, this is the only church I've been to in Seattle like Mm -hmm. went there the first Sunday I ever moved to Seattle and was like, I'm not going to try and church shop. Everyone around me was church shopping. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to trust that I'm going to find a church. It's going to be good. And I'm just going to go for it and commit and be in this community. So I've done that. And here I am. And I I come in and I'm a repressed gay. So I don't, I don't really even, it's not even a concern on my mind because I'm choosing celibacy Mm -hmm. in my head. Mm Um, (laughs) And so I'm here, and I'm a part of it, and I'm fine, and I'm invested, and I've now found families that have adopted me, and I now am deeply involved in the community. And by the time, you know, I came in at 18, by the time I was around 21, 22, I'd say, it's like pretty clear I'm a lesbian, pretty clear I'm not a woman. I'm just like, I know this about myself, And it's starting to like really come forward and denying that was becoming very painful and hard and just like slowly starting to let that part of myself come out. And I feel like I did, like I slowly started to show signs of this, at this place. Um, And I had had like a lot of good experiences of like kids coming out to me and it being a really positive experience and like, I think this is the thing that's really maddening about a church like this is like there can be a lot of really good and hopeful people in the midst of it. And then like leadership and then like the overall belief system is there in the background. Mm-hmm. So you have like moments of hope and thinking like, it's going to be fine. I'm fine. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, this person's accepting. So I'm okay. And you're kind of able to tolerate it. Um, but I think, yeah, like you and I starting to become friends and then starting to like, I feel like we were, we were both kind of setting each other free in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, no, I believe in this thing too. And starting to do youth ministry in this particular way. And then I started like, like it was really interesting. We started the podcast and I couldn't be out on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I was identifying non-binary and couldn't be out on the podcast. I couldn't say anything here.
0: Those are some heavy moments for me. You were like, I'm, I'm non-binary. And I'm like, I want to shout this from the roof with you. And I and I, and I I had to play this strange, strange role of saying we can't talk about it. Yeah. I felt, I felt so crazy.
1: No, I mean, it was really dark. It's really dark thinking about like pre that episode, the gender mm-hmm. episode, because it really was like the main reason we didn't talk about it was because we couldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like you would get fired and I would get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this really interesting thing where it's like, yeah, of course you look back, you're like, well, why did you stay so long? But it's like, I was, I loved everyone, all the kids I was doing ministry with. It's like I was doing ministry with kids who were cool and I loved and were family to me. And so it was really, really hard to leave, like so hard to leave. And I, but I also stopped pretending to be someone that I wasn't Mm -hmm. like, I am a pretty visibly queer person. Like I'm just like kind of out here, especially now. But like I was starting to experiment with that at the time. And I think working with you, like I was given more permission and started to feel more like I can do this and free. And I had a lot of gay kids in my group. So I'm mm-hmm. like, and yeah, like, no, it
0: was like half out it, of like 25 people. It was like half gay. And it's like <laughs> once,
1: queer. once like once, you know, I, People knew I was safe. It's like now a lot of kids are coming to me. It's mm-hmm. like I know that I'm like one of the people that they can come to. And it's a very interesting juxtaposition to be in. And um, I started dating someone yeah. and was like at this place that we all knew.
0: We had to sort of keep that on the down low.
1: We had to keep that on the down low. It's like, gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And it's really sad. I mean, I'm saying it out loud. and I'm like, gosh, I can't believe I was still in it. And it kind of ended with we, I mean, we knew it was coming. So Scott got asked to leave, whatever it was, whatever it was. (laughs) um, And I was still around. Um,
0: Well, that was the really sweet thing. And then I guess this is probably heading to the finale of this section. But like I had left, I was gone for about 10 days. I actually got to take a trip to Ireland right after with Marissa and there was sort of this sense of like you all reassuring me that you're going to hold down the fort. And yeah. Like, of course, I'm worried about these kids, and you guys like you guys are like we got these kids, we know what we're doing. Don't worry, you know. And and so there was a real sweetness to being like all despite the homophobia and the mistrust and toxicity and abuse, you guys are all like we're going to stick it out. We're going to do it for these kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And there's this really big like we've got to be there for these kids, mm-hmm. and um, then eventually um. We got called in for a leader meeting, and I mean, you can testify. I sent you a long text before that was like, I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in this, Mm -hmm. whatever comes. Like, I really want to be open to this. Maybe it's going to be fine. Um, And I walked in, and within five minutes, it was raised, and essentially, we were asked to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, Sign this document, similar to you. And it's like, again, it's posed as like, you're making leaders who have been working
0: with these kids for free for six years. I've
1: been working with these kids. Yes, exactly. For free for six years. And someone new has come in and is telling me like, hey, you've got to sign this document or leave. And I was that was one of the most significant nights of my life for me, I would say. Like, yeah. and so hard. But I, I walked out and I left the paper there. I was like, I will not sign this. Yeah. And I was like, I can't like you. You're wrong to do this. Like, I really kind of told it to them mm-hmm. like, hey, you're wrong to do this. Um. But that was that was my last time at that church was kind of this this night where we we were told like nobody here is a leader anymore. And you have to sign this document. And if you don't sign this document, then you can't be a leader. It's everyone has to apply to be a leader, a volunteer leader. Mm-hmm. No one else. There's no other group at the church that's being asked to do this. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a, a yearly thing. It's like a random new thing that they've decided to mm-hmm. do. Um, and so I walked out very mad. I walked out leaving a nice speech for them um, and left and have never gone back.
3: Hi, my name's Lake, and I use say them pronouns. I'm from Massachusetts, and I found Beloved Rebel when I was, like, looking for, like, Christian organizations that were, like, affirming, like, on social media, just, like, easy ways for me to find a space where I could find more information on, like, deconstruction and things like that.
0: Perfect. (laughs) And what was your initial um, feeling when you showed up? uh to the youth group
3: I was nervous but that was just me like the feeling the vibe that being here gave was like so so nice so welcoming like really like freeing like nothing I had ever felt before in like a Christian space I guess
0: and and what was different about it for you compared to other places you had participated in
3: there's just something like about it that felt more holy like it felt more like connecting even though it's all over zoom like i felt so connected to you guys like I feel like you guys are my family um oh. like honestly each zoom like i'm I'm so looking forward to it and I don't know it just feels so like raw mm-hmm. and like, just really therapeutic compared to how I've been treated or neglected in other like places of like youth groups or like church or whatnot for my queerness and for my gender and whatnot. And it's just really like refreshing. And I just feel like a whole new level of being able to like connect with others and connect with God and connect with myself in this space because of just the way that you guys do things. I, I don't know. It just works so well
1: oh like my whole heart it should be noted lake is also in my primary group so we get to hang out every week which is like when you started joining our primary groups I remember it being so special like I was so excited that you joined and like I don't know I feel like you you contribute to like the space that is rebel like you really show up and bring your whole self and I I don't know I'm just grateful for you <laughs> I'm so glad Thank you. that you
3: that makes me so happy. I I seriously love Rebel, though. Like, I led a meditation a few weeks ago, and I was, like, so pumped. Like, I practiced with, like, four of my friends over FaceTime. I got everything ready. I, like, prayed about it. I, like, reviewed it. I did all this stuff to make sure I could lead the best meditation possible. And, like, it was just so chill when I finally did it. Haneo was there. Freddie was there. Um, like, two of the regular people that are there. I forget. I think their you name's
1: Alex. Oh, Alex comes a lot to it. Yeah. Alex.
3: And Michaela was there. And it was just so, so much fun. And the, Michaela was so sweet after. It was either her or Freddie that said, like, you passed the test. You got the job. And I was like... <laughs>
0: Oh, I love that. Um, I think thinking back, cause you know, like, it's like um, a lot of my days are spent meeting with new students. And I remember meeting with you and you uh, compared to like, especially how you are right now. I think there is something strange about meeting with this random guy who you've never met. So I I do think, I don't know if it's the best way we have it set up. Like, um, I think we're going to be getting some interns and it would be nice if maybe like, I don't know. It's just a little funny, but, but um, (laughs) I I can tell a lot of uh, potential new students are sort of feeling me out. They're like, who is this guy? And uh, what does he think about me? And, And how Christian is he? And is he judging my theology or is he, you know, and I could tell that you, you weren't like nervous, but it seemed like you were particularly cautious. You're like excited to join the group, but you're like, what should I actually share with this person? And I don't know. And, and, yeah, uh, and it, so it's, it's, it, it was fun. I mean, I, I found it very easy to connect with you, but it's also cool to know, like once you finally got to the group that it, it did feel more safe and I guess, spacious to you or something like that.
3: Yeah. You were like really chill. I was just like, very surprised like I didn't know what to expect I didn't expect you to be the person like running all the questions because straight white man I didn't expect to yeah. <laughs> get a good vibe from you like I knew you were person about to lock me up for being gay or something
2: right, like, right, right. yeah
3: like yeah I definitely was just a little like cautious A
0: little like. sus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah understandably so uh, understandably so yeah but I think I think something that's even happening in these conversations just because also so far we've only talked to Michaela and Yasmin and now you but like um and then for us too I mean we know that there really isn't very many spaces that we know of that are like this so we're all sort of like how do we even describe what it is that we're doing there isn't a a clear reference point for me or you or mace um so it feels exciting sometimes but also a little awkward
3: (laughs) yeah it's like what is happening here like what do i expect like i was really like nervous about coming here but like as soon as i got here i was like okay this is nice very chill very open something that i needed but like i didn't know what to like expect and I don't know I just I remember talking with you and being like very like kind of on guard about like my thoughts on faith mm. like I guess it's because I was like kind of starting to like tear down my own like misconceptions and like biases from conservative faith so I think that's probably why I seem more like on edge
0: <laughs> well I think a lot of pastors if not most or leaders or christian leaders in particular they're they're when they're talking to people i don't know probably especially youth pastors it seems like they're they're like sort of testing the kid like do you get do you you have the right Mm -hmm,
2: yeah
0: yeah so people i think when people talk to me they're like is this guy like sizing me up right now is he judging me (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i would probably i'm trying to picture myself in high school doing this i'd be sus of you too (laughs) and then i would be like oh this guy's gonna listen to me let me tell you my
0: thoughts (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, go ahead miss
1: oh i was gonna say lake also comes to therapeutic thursday so i would be curious like what that's meant for you um just because that's like we share in that and like yeah, I guess, what's that, what has that been like? Because you really come and you're really present. And I think you really contribute
3: to that space too. So I love it. It's like something that I really look forward to. Um, usually the vibe is just, you know, the same, very supportive, almost like overwhelmingly supportive. Like, it's just so nice and sweet. And like, we have a little music in the background. And you're like, hyping us all, being like, art time. <laughs> and like, everybody's like, in the corner with their screens off but and then at the end we all like share our stuff and it's just so sweet like seeing everyone like come together and like sometimes even showing like something very vulnerable like I remember one time um, I'm not sure who it was but it was someone who was trans talking about um, their experience with um, mental health and self-harm and it was just such a like great like like, precious space to be able to share, like, these things that we go through and share them, like, through beautiful things like art. And I don't know, I just think it's almost like a beautiful collage of all of us coming together and just like being our whole selves with each other and like experimenting with different art and experimenting with ourselves and whatever. And I just think it's so, such a great, like, event, I guess, to throw in here and like it mixes well, very well into Rebel.
0: I love hearing this stuff because, I mean, I get insecure about what we're doing, even though I believe in it. I'm like, um, I think there's just this classic imperative. I don't know if it's just like evangelicalism or something like getting out of control, but it's like this corporate Disney flashy program thing and, and I always just like, I just like this idea of like, it, it doesn't need to actually making it fancy makes it worse. Like just getting together and caring about people seems like the right thing. But then there's something about me and my own personal dream that's similar to some of you guys of just like second guessing myself so much because of everything that the church has said is important. Uh, so it's so nice to hear you say these things you know, just getting on the Zoom and doing some art with some friends, (laughs) you know? It's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
3: I'm Uh, really glad that you asked that, Mace. And I just wanted to add, like, I totally agree that, like, the church is not setting, like, the best theme with, like, all that very, like, like, gatekeeping crap. Like, just not, not nice. Right. And, like, it definitely gives off, like, a really bad, like, feel. And, like, the, our group just, like, gives off the opposite feel, I feel. Like, especially during um, Daniel's worship, I, like, I so, like, connect with, like, every single time he sings. Like, and it's so, like, precious when he's, like, take out your little candles, you know. (laughs) And everything that, like, he says beforehand and after is, like, so from the heart. And I'm just over here, like. This is the first time I felt this. And he's done this like 10 times in the past seven zooms or whatever. And it's just so awesome. And I wanted to share something from like my experience with worship at Rebel.
2: Please.
3: So a lot of the time, at least at the beginning when I first joined Rebel, I would turn off my camera during the Zoom when Danny would be playing and I would like dance to like all of his music and I've never been able to do that in like public church because obviously like before COVID we were in person you can't just like get up and like improv all over the church but I don't know like there's just something about like this space that brings out this like really like inner spiritual Adrian like person in me. Mm. And I don't know, there's just something so beautiful about it. And one time I was listening to him outside and I was just dancing in the moonlight and it was so great. And I remember another time he was playing All is Full of Love, which is like one of the best songs ever. And I don't know how, just Rebel seems to get better every time. And I very much enjoy like all of the arts, the worship, the fun Fridays, the... Friday nights, the Thursdays. I just love it.
0: <laughs> Jeez, I'm getting getting chills. I know. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> I know. I feel like I just want to celebrate what's happening. Like part of me is I'm just like, we celebrate each other. And like i like you dancing with Daniel, just like, that's such a like a precious, beautiful thing, like to be celebrated. <laughs> oh
0: this is fun this is funny because i was thinking about as you were talking because i know you're in ellie's small group with mace and um ellie ellie goes and we went to the same church here in seattle and still go just not obviously in person but um ellie's mom is my age and was just known in the church it's 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 kind of a hippie presbyterian church but it's a type of presbyterian church with like little chapel stained glass windows large chapel and then you know pews so we're all in pews on a Sunday. Um, and this isn't typical, but it, but, uh, if, if the Holy spirit was moving and the music was good, um, almost every time Ellie's mom would just start doing ballet around the sanctuary, just like leaping and dancing and twirling and coming up to the stage and running down the aisle. And it was just like, if I was sitting in the front, I could, I would start, I would feel it first. I'd feel like a Holy spirit thing. I'd be like, Whoa, like this. And then, all of a sudden, just inevitably, I'd start feeling some stomps. Kind of like, here comes Nina, and he was like, "Oh, we're really going now."
1: <laughs> That's amazing.
0: But I love that she felt comfortable to do that, and it's a similar thing. Like you now, you're doing it with Rebel. I love it.
3: <laughs> that is like so great and amazing. One of my friends from uh, my church, that I still go to. Her name's Julia, and she does ballet and. With our old pastor, we used to do, like, a lot of art in the church, and we actually did this, like, collaboration where I painted this, like, gigantic canvas, and it was already painted. It had, like, two hands like this, and then Mm -hmm. there was, like, blood pouring out from them supposed to be, like, where Jesus was pierced, and then there was a big heart underneath, and the blood was pouring into the heart, Mm -hmm. but, like, I drew on the blood during the service, and she was, like, dancing to a song as I did it. And I just think it's so cool, like, how we're doing, like, the combination of, like, art and faith like that, because, like, that feels like a whole new level of, like, like, authenticity and, like, holiness to me, at least.
1: I agree. I agree. I mean, art, like, saved my faith in a lot of ways. And, like, it, they feel like one and the same. And it's so special, like, finding... It's like we're also finding our people here at Rebel, of like finding other people who see that and like honor that and are like, yeah, you know, and like celebrate it.
0: <laughs> it's really sweet. Yeah. Um, well, I'll probably wrap up this interview. It's like this. This is a. All the interviews are sort of like a tease because I feel like all these, <laughs> all these interviews could be whole episodes where we just sit and talk to Lake for two hours, you know. Um, Do you want to, like, have any concluding thoughts, like, as, as, as we wind down?
3: Rebel has saved me and helped me, like, find myself, like, if I didn't come to Rebel, I don't think I would have been this, like, confident and, like, on fire about, like, being myself Mm -hmm. if I didn't, like, come and find a place that was so open to, like, questioning or sexuality questioning our gender questioning, our faith questioning, like what our purpose is. And I just, I don't know, it's just something so different that I really hope more people can have because I think that's very much a necessity among queer people, among disabled people, among like so many groups that are just hurt by the church that, you know, Mm -hmm. need a space where they're not totally cracked on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: The bare minimum. The yeah.
1: bare minimum. I know it is. It's like it really truly really is. It's like here, we'll just create a space where you aren't crapped on. And it's like so beautiful because we're we're used to something so different.
0: Mm. Well, this has been so nice. I mean, I guess we just it's no small thing interviews, but it's sort of just uh, setting up some opportunities for Mason me to be encouraged. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Uh, come to mace and scott's uh encouragement session where you, encouragement you hour. tell them how, how much you like rebel <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah this is really fun um well i'm excited for you to listen to this episode now i think it's going to be really cool to hear the uh, experiences and stories back to back you
3: know yeah i'm so excited i want to hear what everybody else said yeah. yeah yeah and this retreat has been like awesome like Kind of hard being in front of a screen, but like so much good interaction going on. Like I really feel like a part of Rebel.
0: Oh, that's no, I mean nice we all are all going to get together someday. It will happen. Yeah.
3: Well crap on that up and it makes me so sad. Yeah. <laughs> <It> seems so <laughs> far away.
1: Drew.
0: Drew. Oh, well, we are so glad you're part of this group. Like
3: mm-hmm.
1: love you so much.
3: I'm so glad. I love you both. And thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey,
0: Hey, everybody, <laughs> we are back. And hopefully you enjoyed those student reflections. Uh, I mean, I really think those are the best part of this whole episode. So
1: I know, and then it's just Scott and I ranting in between, telling the story. Yeah,
0: yeah telling the story. I, 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 I hope there's some value in this story. And, and I guess one of the things I would say as you listen to these student reflections is this story, honestly, everything you just heard in that last segment is what has made us able to do what we're doing now mm-hmm. in the sense of like, this is a story. This is an experience that I had not encountered. So I didn't understand. And I think towards the end, it's this convergence of wanting to do youth ministry differently. Mm-hmm. But I think another part of the turn that's happening right now in this segment here in this moment, when I'm talking is we need to have an affirming youth group. This yeah. This bullshit is over. Yeah. Like there's no more negotiations. This is absolutely the bare minimum mm-hmm. is having an affirming youth group, which I guess for those listening that don't understand what I'm saying, it's like this is sort of inside speak for not a not a youth group that just is welcoming to gay kids, but one that affirms that in them.
1: It says, Hey, you're gay it's and that's good. cool and God loves you and this is actually a gift you offer to yeah. our community.
0: Yeah. So You know, you you heard in that last segment, it's all over in a very like aggressive and borderline violent way. I'm gone. Mace is gone. All these leaders are gone.
1: Yeah. So I feel like we didn't get to share this, but it's not just Scott and I. There's like a lot of other people that are also in the midst, wrapped up in this. Reuven. Reuven.
0: McKaylee. These are all people that have been on our podcast. Basically... Most of the people that have been on our podcast are the people that came with us. Yeah,
1: it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're they're all just as much a part of the story. We're only able, I mean, we're already going over time Way telling over our time. own story. Mm-hmm. And they're just as much a part of this and contributing to this as There's well. There's a lot we're missing. Yeah.
0: Frederick Lots is going to be on the pe- podcast next week. He's part of this. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll say my little part. I'm out floating at this point i'm I'm, i've got kids i've got no job and it is a and you've
1: done youth ministry your whole life
0: yeah and i just have to say in retrospect at the time i don't even people i don't know what people have in terms of being capable of identifying what's going on but there was so much anxiety and and so much shame Mm -hmm. and so much fear and um and, and yet you got to keep going. Like, I can't just sit at my house and twiddle my thumbs and wallow. I'm like, I've got to think of something. Yeah. And that's a blessing and a curse. Because on the one hand, it feels traumatizing. On the other hand, it's like kicks you into high gear.
2: Yeah.
1: So yeah. Like,
0: so uh, we, we are going to try to make this segment quick. But like it was about a little over a year ago now, I, was, I put together this committee and Mace was part of this. It was,
1: was it called a board?
0: A board. <laughs> and we are we're we're trying to launch a youth group called Rebel. Mm-hmm. And I'll just sum up the what that means to me. And this is part yes, do it. Of Go for it. What we're doing. <laughs> um, I had taken a class in youth ministry years ago from this woman, Pam King at Fuller, and it was a. It wasn't a course in youth ministry. Actually, it was in the psych department, and it was about psychological uh, development and stages of development. And she had done her dissertation on what she called teenage spiritual exemplars. Hmm. So teenagers in the world that uh, that exhibited like so profound spirituality at an early age, and her summary of this was um, they 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 were in part they were in communities that um, honored and cultivated and respected and um i guess honored is the best way uh, natural teenage rebellion mm-hmm. teenagers need to rebel that's not a bad thing, and we're constantly thwarting those efforts and making them feel crazy for doing what n- comes natural and was actually healthy and good yeah yeah. I was like, new right then. Uh, I w- we need to have a youth group called Rebel. None of this cheesy stuff that other people are doing. And and you could make the case that Rebel is cheesy, but I don't think it's cheesy. Um, and so there was a sense of like, um, part of what we're doing with youth ministry is actually the exact opposite of what we should be do- doing. Yeah. And it's, and it's not rooted in any research. It's just sort of this sort of haphazard. I mean, youth ministry, the way we know it in America, at least, is a sort of this haphazard last ditch effort to keep kids in the church yes so it has something to do with entertaining them it has something to do with like making sure they don't leave it has something to do with indoctrination i'd have i hate to say it but it's true oh it's very true (laughs) and um there's very little about uh helping them discover their authentic selves unless that somehow is this mind trip thing of like in christ which ultimately means for most adults that it means acting like the adults that are caring for them and not discovering their authentic selves. So, uh, I always just thought like we need a space where we, we do what we say. Like adults are saying this, but they don't do it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And everybody, everybody gets twisted up in the brain because adults are trying to go around saying you're broken and you're not what we want you to be. And you're, you, you need to be better and we have high expectations for you. And then the, the same sentence they're saying, and we love you unconditionally. Right. And it feels crazy. Yeah. Kids yes. are like, no, you don't. And you're like, yeah, I do. And I would say as an adult that tried to do it for 20 years, it's like I'm also trying to convince myself that I mean what I say. Right. I right. do love you unconditionally. And they're like, but for the last three years of my life, you've been telling me that you don't like who I am and that I need to change. And
1: that there's something sinful about me.
0: <laughs> it's really crazy. Yeah. So I think there was just something like we want to have what we actually mean which is we actually love you exactly how you are. And we actually love who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. We actually love the different faces and, you know, personalities you're trying and that's okay. And it's natural and normal. And it's just that no caveats. Yeah. Yeah. Unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, not just that, but like unconditional enthusiasm for everything that's happening in your life. Well, (laughs) I
1: remember, I remember you talking a bit about this and this idea. I remember you, coming in hot and i was like yes i love this idea of like yeah teenagers are trying on different identities let's support them in their trying on different identities let's like let's allow (laughs) them to see how it feels and let's be a space where they can come and try it on and see how it fits and then we'll support them in that and then if they come in two weeks and are doing something different it's like great like let's support them in that because that is They're at that stage in life where that's important for them. They're they're testing out identity.
0: I can't tell you how many leader meetings, countless over the years, were we're spending an hour talking about one kid (laughs) who acted one way in the youth group and then acted a different way at school. And some leader saw them. We're like, yeah. This this leader, this kid showed us up at the youth group every week and talks about how they're Christian. And I saw them at school and they're partying. And it's like, can you believe it that we need and then we need to lecture them, we need to tell them they need a consistent personality. They can't be two faced. They can't act one way here and they can't and it's like this police state and we're all like monitoring them. And it's like we're we're literally I'm talking about like brain science here, folks. We're literally telling kids to do something that they're almost nearly incapable of doing. Yeah. And it's like I just have, I say this to you a lot of times, but I just want to, like, now that I'm older, I want to go to, like, youth groups and youth pastors and, like, give them a little slap on the wrist <laughs> or, like, take something out of their hand. Like, if youth ministry is a tool they have on it, like, give me that. Give me that. Hey, no, no, know. no. No, no, no. Um. So we were trying to say, I was like, I don't, I don't, I still want to do youth ministry. And I was walking around telling people, I want to be Seattle's youth pastor. I don't know what that means. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, you had
1: means. no idea what that means, but I remember that was, like, the word, the phrase. Yeah.
0: Um... And I just wanted a chance to do this. Yeah. You know. Um, you wanted your incubator. You wanted my incubator. Give me my gosh darn incubator. <laughs> so I'll I'll finish this little part by talking about June. So if you guys listened to the episode a few weeks ago, we had an episode on Beloved Arise, which is sort of the umbrella organization that I work for now. And that was another just amazing convergence of Mm -hmm. things that happened. Yeah, your
1: stories kind of converged. Yeah,
0: because you just heard this thing that happened to Mace and me, and simultaneously at the exact same church, June, who founded Beloved Rise, who was our guest a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And you should listen to that episode before you listen to this. But like, um, June had come out as an adult gay man, and that was a Controversy in the city of Seattle, in yeah. all of Christianity around here, is on the front page of the Seattle Times. June got kicked off several Christian boards that he had been volunteering for. So, so same thing. Yeah, you, Mace, and several of our leaders are getting let go mm-hmm. from this organization for being queer. June gets let go f- for volunteering.
1: No, it's like what the heck? We're giving you free fucking labor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh uh. so so
0: this is happening and so i think once the dust settled with me i was like kind of all of a sudden in the back of my mind i'm like oh i should go talk to june and i bet we have some war stories to share and we can both like comfort each other so i remember going to june's condo and it's like i mean you if you listen to june when he was on the episode there in, at the end of the day june and i have some we're all different people so june and i have some differences just in our personality structure but one of the sim- deep similarities as we have is ideation ideation <laughs> ideation so we like to talk about ideas and we like to just you know spin around the room with lots of ideas so i was just listening to him talk about his experience and then eventually got to beloved arise and it was just like uh painting the picture for like honestly like an hour and i was just uh like i was hanging on his every word it's like mm. this sounds amazing and then he was like, what's going on with you? And I explained rebel and yeah. he did the same thing for me. He just let me talk for like an hour and he yeah. had so many questions. And by the end, we were both had tears in our eyes. And I think both of us, by the end of this first conversation, were like, what's happening. I, mm. I was like too, I didn't know June well enough to be like, can, is, is, are we working together here? Like, is this something that could happen, happen? And I'll I'll just make another long story short, but we had several more meetings and by the end, both of us were like, Let's just combine these ideas.
1: Yeah. You yeah. You
0: know, I'm doing Beloved Rise, which is which an organization is, that's a website and resources to help support Queer Youth of Faith. You want to have an affirming youth group uh, and actually come to think of it, Beloved Rise should have a youth group. So why don't we just do this together?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's crazy. I know. It's, so and it many makes other details, perfect but that's sense, sense. It. Yeah. So for them to come together.
0: Yeah. And I guess I want people... Hopefully as they're listening I can't force this in you. Hopefully it happens natural but like to feel the emotion in this. Like I'm feeling so emotional talking about this tonight and I think yeah. Mace is too. Like we oh, both yeah. took a quick break and I we joked about how I said this <laughs> and it should be an outtake but Mace was like, "How are you doing?" and I'm like, "I'm hungry and dehydrated and flush in the face and tired and feeling crazy and emotional, but let's keep going." But
1: like here we are. This is going well, I guess.
0: <laughs> so um yeah, I mean, I guess I guess one way to say it is, you know, we were talking to Suzanne Stabile for our Enneagram Blitz, which we are not really supposed to be talking about. But um, interestingly, I guess I'll deviate from the fast for a second. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And she said maybe something for Sixes to do as a spiritual practice is to read the stories of the saints. Mm. Because if they can hear stories of people that did great things and they can start to believe in themselves, Mm. then that would be very healing for them. And Mm. so I think... Whether I'm a six or a five-wing six or whatever I am on the Enneagram. Gosh, this is hurting my ears. <laughs> <laughs> there is something in the last year that's been in awe of, like, am I part of one of the stories?
1: Yeah. Are, are yeah. we
0: doing, Have we found a way to, like, be part yeah, of... Yeah, a story. A story. No, you is, are. It's, we it's are. Crazy. It feels
1: crazy, but we kind of are. <laughs> yeah. it's really wild it's really <laughs> wild i'll just say i'm from the outside so like i'm like on scott's like bored and we're yeah. like meeting and we're gathering and we're all just like trying to rack our brains like gosh we how have do we do this how do we do this we have something and we think it's important mm-hmm. and we think it's like something that the we the world needs mm-hmm. like the world needs to have a, a different way we're doing youth ministry and the, the churches aren't working out mm-hmm. and like What are we going to do? Yeah. And we were trying, like we were thinking through lots of ideas and I feel like you were maybe going to accept another job at a church and we were like,
0: Oh, I forgot about that. We were like,
1: are we going to fund this? Is this going to be just rebel on its own? And it really was like, falling into Beloved Arise became this really interesting thing. I feel like I, at first, wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know what this is. Yeah, like
0: this wasn't part of the What's
1: plan. becoming of what this? about Rebel? <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is, we're Rebel. We're like, yeah. Rebel is a part of it. But then it's like, it is really interesting. I mean, there's this, this idea of like one plus one equals three that I've been mm-hmm. thinking a lot about. And there's this thing of you and June, but mostly just like this idea of like Beloved Arise, like you're saying, this idea of this organization that is like, creating resources for queer youth of faith. Mm-hmm. And then you're saying, Rebel, I want to make this youth group mm-hmm. that is primarily about youth ministry and ministering to youth and will be affirming. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're saying it so well. These this one plus one has created three. It's wow. like dang. It's like now there's like Beloved Arise and Rebel feel like two sides of the same coin. It's <laughs> like they're 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 interrelated and they're linked and Beloved Arise plays a huge role in the way in which Rebel is. Mm-hmm. Like there's no getting around. The funnel into Rebel is mm-hmm. Beloved Arise. Mm-hmm. And Rebel is profoundly shaping Beloved Arise. Mm-hmm. Like they are we are they are in a dance together mm-hmm. totally. at this point. It is and I mean we call Rebel Rebel, but it's technically Beloved Rebel, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been an interesting dance watching and being a part of this because I was I was not like floating around without a job, I was like, oh, no, I'm not volunteering at this youth ministry. Right. And now I can say I'm gay out loud. Finally. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: like, it's big, like
1: a whole yeah. different realm for me. Like that season for me was like a very different time. But like that it does feel like some kind of holy communion or some kind of synchronicity or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Like the universe has brought these two things together and It was just two single entities that were fine on their own, but like together have become something so much grander and bigger and reached so many more people than I think rebel Seattle's youth pastor would have been just a completely different thing. We have no idea what it would be. Totally. I
0: don't Um, even want to know. Exactly. This is as it should have been. Yeah,
1: Exactly. So
0: I guess, I guess again, just to fast track this part of the episode, we'll get to a few more student reflections, but
1: this is going to be like a three hour episode.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Probably two hours. No, who knows? Um If you're here for it, you're here for it. Uh, it's worth, it's worth having it all just down. But um last year at this time, and now it's getting pretty nostalgic, literally this weekend coming up. So mm-hmm. this weekend Mace and McKaylee and Daniel and Maddie and Reuven and I, so this core group of people, went to Whidbey Island here in Seattle and, and did a retreat and said, we're launching Rebel this week. This mm-hmm. week we're doing We started
1: it. at the weekend week after.
0: And we had a church here that we're going to meet at. And here comes the all too familiar story. Everybody's got their own version of this story. COVID happens and lockdown happens and quarantine happens. And this grand plan we had for a youth group instantly just gets put on hold. And the very next week, like most youth groups and other things we're virtual. Mm -hmm. And and again, there's so many interesting stories in in this time, but to make a long story short, we started announcing that anybody, anyone anywhere could come could join our virtual youth group and kids started trickling in and it really was never the plan. And, after some reflections that you're about to hear from our students, we'll come with the final story of how this last year has been.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
5: (laughs) Hey everyone. My name is Michaela. I come from a little place, a little province called Alberta in Canada. Yep. And I am part of Rebel. I've been part of it since September, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think one of the interesting things to hear about is is what what caused you to reach out to us? Like, what was going on in your life that you were like searching around for something like this?
5: Hmm. Um. Well. Hmm. I think it came out of um, a desire to like. Ooh. Okay, so I think I decided to be, like, a better ally to the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, for everyone, I'm asexual, so I, I, I do feel like an ally to the rest of the community a lot of the times, so because, like, most people in the community have, like, very uh, different um, experiences than I do. Mm-hmm. So I, um, and I, I don't know, like, of course, my faith is super important to me and everything, and I just kind of wanted to have, like, a place where I could kind of, you know, put two to together and stuff and maybe I don't know like explore asexuality a little bit a little bit it was like that was kind of like an afterthought I guess but yeah I just like found it um advertised on lgbtq christian story and it said like hey you can like join I was like wait hold up what if I actually did this (laughs) then I reached out and yeah the rest is history
1: the rest is history. I feel like you really have, it's interesting hearing that because I feel like you've come and in a lot of ways, like spoken up a lot about like your journey with being asexual and being a person of faith. And like, I think in a lot of ways, you've been a steward of like offering your story to other people in Rebel and like opened up the conversation in so many ways.
5: Yeah, I am glad that I did that. I guess. Thanks. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: I don't know how to it's, respond to that. It's such a gift. I wonder, like, yeah, I guess I wonder, like, what it's been like for you. Um, been like just kind
5: of like being a uh, pave make way make. What I'm pave? What am I? Pave pave? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what is the phrase? A pave. Are
0: you looking for trailblazer?
5: Trailblazer, I. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess hmm, I don't think I don't think a lot about it, I guess. But it's it's nice knowing that, um, you know, that I help to like I, I've helped kind of. Oh, I guess maybe just kind of open up the conversation to asexuality a little bit more in the group. So that's kind of nice.
0: Um. What were your like initial impressions of the group when you first started attending, Michaela?
5: <laughs> mm, um I remember when I opened when I opened the window into the Zoom meeting, I think I felt it felt like pretty warm, pretty um goofy? I think goofy is a good thing for just our talks and everything. Uh Hmm Co- cozy? I don't know. Kind of, a little. Um.
0: <laughs> I like. Uh. That. Goofy and yeah, yeah.
5: Co- <laughs> Goofy, and cozy. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. I think. Okay. This is gonna get into a bit more. Um. I don't know. Vulner- sure vulnerable territory or something. A little bit. Um, I think for a while I think sometimes I still do feel like I sometimes my brain puts on like the big whole big like liberal progressive label onto it and sometimes sometimes it can feel a little um I don't know I don't know how like sometimes okay it just like sometimes the filter that label filter causes me to like just see it as only that and then my brain kind of tunes out or something or just kind of I, I don't know I don't know it's stereotypes stereotypes maybe and then I don't really engage I I'm mulling things over this is me just processing things Love, it. Love yeah it. <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting I also by the way I really don't like the labels like liberal or progressive I prefer revisionist but that's like it's liberal pro- progressive still actually fits the vibe that I'm thinking of right now but um, yeah, it kind of causes me to be like, I don't know, I don't know, because I, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes I feel like I am a little bit more on the, like, traditional side um, side of things when it comes to faith in the group. And sometimes that feels a little like, uh, I don't know. I like guess sometimes I feel a little defensive, defensive, maybe defensive, maybe sure. That's, that's a good word, I guess. Sometimes I'm trying and just like, kind of like, ah, scary <laughs> or something. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, but I really do appreciate that. I've, um, I have a place where I can actually like think about these things and, you know, explore different perspectives and open myself up a little bit more. And yeah, I I like how I, last year I was like, God, it would be so cool if I could like listen to more diverse Christian perspectives and everything. And then I got my wish. And then sometimes the brain is like really scared mm. and uncomfortable. And you're just like, I prayed for this. Mm. But sometimes it makes me uncomfortable, but it's okay. Cause I think that it's good. That I am listening to different perspectives.
0: Hmm. Um well, first of all, I just love that you're thinking out loud with us. That's the whole point of all this. seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um where 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 do you think some of that fear comes from?
5: Definitely um, definitely just faith development when I was younger, I mm-hmm. guess. Just um really scared about being sc- scared. I'd say, yeah, like when, when you're in it, you don't think it's, you don't realize how much it is really about fear, but um just a preoccupation with um just being a good Christian all the time and just almost having, uh okay. Oh, this is a thought that I developed, <laughs> developed like last night. I feel like a lot of my faith has really been just an, an internal cultural culture war with the rest Mm -hmm. of the world you know like non-christian people and everything it's my whole day it's like i also go to like a i go to a secular school so um i feel like a lot of the time it's been just like yeah just like just making sure you're not you don't become too worldly and stuff and just going through your day and being like oh i don't believe that i don't do that that's not me well christians actually believe this and I don't do that and everything is just really maintaining that label that identity making sure your christian card isn't and everything yeah i feel like a, an image that i get is like just someone um running quickly through a room without getting like i don't know squirted by paint or something and then you get to heaven maybe <laughs> it's yeah i
2: <laughs> Just be
5: like, okay, go through the world. Good imagery, just like, just mm, stay Christian, stay Christian, and just make sure that nothing gets past our defenses. Making sure you're not, yeah, and everything. Make sure you don't fall down, fall down the slope, and everything. And yeah, that's that's why I'm scared. That's why sometimes I still feel like, oh gosh, like what if.
2: Hmm. What if
5: I'm being deceived right now? What if, man? What if I have no discernment left? What if the Holy Spirit <laughs> has vacated the premises? And yeah, because I've always, I've always taken my faith seriously. I've always been someone—I don't know. If, if people who know me probably say like, "But always been like, always just really into her faith." I, I guess a good Christian girl, sure. I don't know. I've always been someone who, like, talked a lot during youth group and everything, which I don't think you two would find surprising. And, um, yeah, just I just always took my faith so seriously, so, so, so seriously, so worried about being good and all and everything.
0: So, yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Dang. It's so fun once you get going.
1: <laughs> yeah but I feel like I'm like, gosh, I hear the the complexity of the position you're in and just like how how scary that is and like the complexity of it being such an important thing. Like faith isn't casual. It's like maybe the most, potentially one of the most important part, pieces of your life. And so if it's like, of course your defenses are up, you know, and like our space has people from so many faith traditions and people who are like, yeah, I don't know if I'm a Christian and that's that's a very messy place to enter into. Like I feel like it's very, very brave of you, and also like you still have your sense of self. It sounds, and you're still like growing in your sense
0: of self. I'm just
1: like inspired. <laughs> oh, thanks.
0: No, I, I I mean I I have I have that same thing. I mean probably more so than Mace because I grew up, you know, a lot more Christian than Mace, and so it's it's just this sort of paranoia, like when Kevin Garcia was talking about A Course in Miracles this morning, even though it's like a Christian text, it's outside of, you know, orthodox mainstream evangelical Christianity. And so I would have been really spooked by anybody talking about A Course in Miracles. Even the title sounds weird and spooky and goofy and yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. So, yeah, I still I still have that. I still, I resonate with a lot what you said, Michaela. Like, still, even as a 41-year-old, I, I still have a, that fear inside of me sometimes, you know?
1: Can't get hit by the paintballs. I'm picturing it being paintball.
0: Yeah.
2: Paintball.
5: It's <laughs> how
0: hey, how is that life of running from all the paint?
5: <laughs> the sinful, pluralistic, secular society coming to get you.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I have a feeling someone's coming soon, but I would be one, I would be curious, like, have you seen your faith grown as being a part of Rebel or like how, what has, what has it done to your faith life? Um, hmm, I,
5: I've become a lot less certain. I've been over, oh my gosh, it's been a year since I've started, I accidentally started deconstructing, I guess. I'm using that word now. That's interesting okay. Because like before I was like, I don't like that word. I'm going to use rethinking, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I've become less certain. And apparent, according to a book that I read by Pete Enns, so that's a good thing. To be yeah, I realize how I just cling to things. And I'm like, that's according to this thing. That's a good thing. Because I really don't know what is good <laughs> for Faith. But I, I feel... Like, the whole personal relationship with God thing, like, I feel like that hasn't really... Uh, I don't know. Like, I... With beliefs, I've been... A lot, of, a lot of my beliefs have changed. And then a lot of things I've become less certain. That's apparently... Okay, I'm repeating myself. That's apparently... That's a good thing. I've become more open. um, And kind of like... Yeah, I've become more open but I'm very confused and kind of scared sometimes and feeling alienated from my Christian identity and from God in general sometimes. And that can be hard, so.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's so admirable that you've allowed yourself to go on that journey, Michaela. And I think also hopefully part of the silver lining or the hope in the midst of it all is you have a community that holds you and supports you in the midst of your uncertainty, you know?
1: Yeah, it's scary to be uncertain. <laughs>
2: yeah.
5: It just kinda, it's, it kinda sucks because it's like, you've been playing this game for so long then someone comes along and says that's not those are actually aren't the rules you've been playing by the wrong manual
2: Mm. or
5: something or like that might actually not be the way that you're supposed to play the game and you're like what and the way that you play the game just like your whole relationship to the game has changed and you're like I don't even recognize it anymore Mm. and like has it just really been and you feel like it's been reduced to this thing that doesn't feel like it, and it's very unknown. And
0: I I think too, like um, the that that feeling you just articulated, I, I think that that adds a lot of hope to what we're doing in the sense of you can imagine how how it probably often gets even harder as you get older you know if you've been playing the game a certain way for 60 years and now and now you're feeling an urge to rethink it 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 feels I'm sure oh like insurmountable in a lot of ways you know
1: yeah and in some sense I, I also hear like in many ways I feel like this community is also potentially like oh, here's this other game. And you might be like, well, what game am I playing between these two? And like, where am I in this?
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: How was it? Uh, we can start wrapping up because I know we have two other people in the waiting room, but I also don't want to rush this because I, I love talking to you so much, Miguela. But um, how was it for you? Have you? Did you already do the ace group today? I have, yeah. How was that um co-leading with Henia?
5: To be honest, um I kinda uh I, I kind of expected for there to be more people, but um yeah, it was it was a lot more less formal than I thought it was gonna be because there was only like four of us. So we just kind of chatted about a bunch of stuff and then we uh, did our little mad libs activity, and then um yeah, so it was it wasn't, it wasn't as formal as I thought it was. And I, I guess it was okay. Yeah.
0: I guess this, I, I'm not trying to have the, an interview like this, follow, follow any sort of formula or anything like that. But I guess my brain is just wondering based on what I know about you, you know, you and I talked a little bit about potentially you being a youth pastor or going into ministry or having a future as a pastor or a teacher or something like that. Um, how are you feeling about that right now?
5: I okay I actually overthought it <laughs> I, yeah of course I did like the day after Monday I felt I was just a mess like I was like trying not to cry for his period and everything because I was just so afraid because with, with my faith right now I was like I really don't know I really don't know how I'm gonna be in like yeah and I talked to my mom and okay for now I am actually I've decided not to like directly pursue it right now I don't know maybe God will like hit me over the head with a pad and be like no go to another school I'm gonna go yeah for now I'm just gonna do the whole drama teaching thing see where it goes I had a really good conversation with my aunt in Vancouver about stuff and she was amazing like, I can't believe she's not an actual psychologist or something, but she just gave me so much hope. Mm. And I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to take one thing at a time. I, you know, youth pastoring, I think would be cool. And I think I would be good at it, but um, I'm just going to see how this other thing goes and maybe I'll end up doing that. Who knows?
0: I love that. No, I mean, you obviously have a lot of passion and talent for drama stuff too.
1: I feel like wherever you go, like you you speak such wisdom into a space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks, Mace.
0: Do you want to share any final thoughts, Michaela, before you let Yasmin in the room?
5: Hmm. Uh, I wish I came up with something profound to say before this thing. Up,
1: gonna, everything you like, said was beautiful.
5: Thank you. <laughs> I. Yeah. You know what? Faith is messy. Faith is complicated. Faith is beautiful and hard because God is beautiful and hard. I I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I was trying to get, I was trying to come back, go back to what my um, youth leader said to me once and I was just a mess. I don't know. Just like it's it's hard. It's like I think I said something about empathy. It was like empathy is hard, but it's beautiful. And then she's like, "Hmm, kind of like God." And then I started bawling. Mm -hmm. I started bawling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There we go. That is my profound last two
0: cents. (laughs) (laughs) It's just profound. You showing up as you.
1: Yeah, I agree. I really agree.
0: We're so glad you're part of this community.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think it'd be appropriate if you want to stay and listen to Yasmin, but you can also leave if you want.
5: Um, I'm going to have to leave because I'm going to have to eat. Supper. Dinner bell rang. Yeah. Thank you yeah, so t- much, Michaela. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. The button is clicked. Um, here I am with... August James calling from, are you in Florida right now? I'm in Louisiana. You're in Louisiana right now. You're in either of those places.
5: It's a, always a mashup. No one ever knows. I, I had
1: just, a 50% shot.
5: <laughs> you just exist. No one knows where. <laughs> August, you have been with Rebel since
1: when? Like, I was just thinking
5: about this earlier. August.
1: Eight months. Oh, since August? <gasps> really? Is that where August? Name comes from?
5: No, it really does. I've been using that since March. I was actually just thinking about this and I like, wanted to voice it in general. But I was using it since like probably March of 2020. But I just like before I even knew I would be a part of this in August. And I used like, I somehow guessed that I would be a part of a huge thing in August. And I
1: love that. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. That's really fun. That's like, that makes my heart warm. (laughs) Dang. Yeah. So I've known you now for six months, seven months. It's crazy to think the fact that we didn't know each other like less than a year ago.
5: That blows my mind because I just have like so many people where I'm like, how did I exist without you in my circle? (laughs)
1: Like, how did I function? (laughs) I know. I know. It's crazy. Um, Okay. So I, we're, we're here in this interview thing, I'm already being awkward about it. Um, I don't know, you don't need to share how you found Rebel. if you want to, you can, but I guess maybe like initial thoughts on Rebel, or just whatever you wanna share about what your experience has been like joining this community or what it's meant, or like also this episode is gonna hopefully, like I think a lot of our hopes is that this is some kind of, if anyone finds this, that they might be helpful. Um, so whatever you want to share about what this has meant to you since being a part of Rebel in August. Since
5: mm, I found it in August, I started in August. Um. So with that, I joined in when we were like much, much smaller than we are now, mm-hmm. which is so weird to me. Like I'll see like, Oh, we have 75 attendees. And I'm like, what? we don't have 75 people. That's not that's not accurate. Uh, it'll just blow my mind because I'm like, no, we have like 30. What happened? Um, which like, I love it growing, but it just blows my mind to be like six months and we added 40 people that yeah, consistently come. Yeah. It, like, How did that happen?
3: <laughs> I have um, very similar feelings.
5: <laughs> like this should not be closer to 100 than it is. Um, mm-hmm. But I joined when we were Much smaller. Um, And I joined with quite a few people that I just like connected with on a soul level, which like, I don't know how Scott does that, but he like very well places people into small groups Mm -hmm. somehow.
1: Oh yeah, you're you're with like Fiona and Cassie and I'm with Hen, Byron, Hannah. Yeah,
5: Cassie. It is a mess (laughs) every week. No one knows what we're doing ever. It might as well be Reuben and Pat. Like that's (laughs) what is going on. Is going on. Uh, (laughs) We never know what's happening.
1: In the best way, you guys. Whenever you come back from primary groups, it's like. We all are like what happened in that group?
5: <laughs> Everyone else is having serious conversations where like I pff, I don't know. How did, what are we talking about? <laughs> Who knows? Um, no, know what we're talking about this week. <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> Which was a fun experience when I was staying with like Daniel and McKaylee, because they were like why are you screaming? And I was like don't <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> um so yeah, I Joined a very fun small group that Scott just, like, has that vibe for. I don't know how oh, he does it. No, he's pretty
3: talented that way. He's great that way.
5: At first, I was very, very worried because Scott deadnamed me, but I don't blame him for that. Like, it was just in my Insta. So, like, I understand why he did. It wasn't purposeful. Whatever. But, like, that happened. And then I joined a group of, like, 90% women. And I was like oh no did he like did he do this is this based on gender why am I here I feel very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I'm not a woman but then I was like no we don't divide that way we just divide by whatever Scott says and I was like okay that feels much better because <laughs> I just like panicked um, mm-hmm. but then I started like jo- being a part of it more and more and like talking to these people I realized that like these people understand these issues and like, have a knack for this problem. Um, I would also like to point out that when I joined Rebel, I was in the midst of fighting with my church. So mm-hmm. when I initially joined, I was emailing back and forth with my pastor um, about how women can't like be in the church in like higher positions. Um, and also, like, queer issues eventually, but not at the time I joined, and then our church was just starting up and, like, lifting COVID restrictions, which was a choice, Um, and then, so by the time our first retreat came around in October, I had just been kicked out of my church, like, the week before, Mm -hmm. Um, and I had, like, discussions with my, with the people, and they were, like, well, you're queer and trans, you cannot be a part of our church, you cannot be a leadership position, you can't, uh, do anything in this church basically they traumatized like they spiritually abused me gave me trauma and then we're like trying to act like everything was normal the next week mm. and like, oh everything's fine I don't know what you're talking about you're you're growing crazy so it felt like I was being gaslit
1: on top of that yeah so um yeah that- I don't just deny a piece of your personhood and say that it wasn't welcome here no you must have forgotten that <laughs>
5: It drove me crazy, because they were just, they were all trying to act like everything was normal, and, like, I should be happy that I'm at this church, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. but you just kicked me out, because I hadn't discussed it with my parents yet, because, like, it was a very complicated situation. Why, like, how I came out, they would have been mad about, and, like, the entire discussion I was worried about, so I was just like, oh, well, I can just go to their retreat, because their retreat was supposed to be the week before the rebel retreat, Mm -hmm. Um, I can do that, and then just say, "Oh, I'm done being at this church." Say something happened at the retreat. Say something like that. So that would have been like two weeks after they mentioned, "like you cannot be in a leadership position." Mm. Um, Thankfully, my parent, my mom, like came up and like stood up for me at the Mm -hmm. church and was like, "Yeah, you don't have to go there anymore. They spiritually abused you." She doesn't support me being trans or like my coming out, whatever. But she was still like, "Yeah, that was wrong. The way they treated you." Yeah. Um,
1: Oh. yeah so get it to hold
5: yeah that was I was like that's at least good that you're you will support me to the end to be like that was horrible
1: yeah stand up um, like for your rights in the way
5: yeah um and so from that I stopped going to that church hmm. um and essentially because I was kicked out from arguing with my pastor from arguing with my youth pastor. Also, it was like people I didn't know were arguing with me and I was like, mm-hmm. this is very uncomfortable. This is an adult man I've never met before. And a woman I've had some relationship with, but like only like, not as much, not as deep as like I would hope yeah. um, for someone that was supposed to love me, you know. Um, so with that rebel gave me a place where I like my voice was heard and wanted. And like, people wanted me there. People wanted me to talk. It wasn't this, oh, well you're queer and trans. you're supposed to hide that. It was, that is part of this and you mm-hmm. are wanted here. Um, and I also love that we had, that was also during one of our queer clergy like yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was really nice to also see like queer people talking to us and wanting like conversations. And allowing us to interact with them, and it wasn't like a one-sided. Um, these queer clergy people are gonna talk to you, and then bye. they're gonna leave, and you're gonna have to figure it out. It was these queer clergy people are gonna come here, and you can ask any question. Nothing's off like off the table. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Uh, I think um,
1: go I'll ahead. just say I feel like people really take that at rebel in a way that's so beautifully, like anything goes, I can ask any question. Like people sometimes ask questions that I'm like, this is the bravest question to ask. And I feel like that's so modeled by people that it's like, now it's very much like, sometimes I'm like, welcome, queer clergy, just you wait for the question and answer moment. I know, I
5: feel like now we have to prep them before they come <laughs> because otherwise they're gonna have no idea what they're doing because <laughs> there's a lot. Like I remember Matthias Roberts came and I know he focused a lot on purity culture And, like, of course, he's on the board. He knows Beloved. But at the same rate, it's, like, we came in hard with these, like, sex questions that I was, like, I'm uncomfortable. But that's because, like, we're trained to think this is uncomfortable. Yeah. This is beautiful in the way, like, people are saying these things. It's hurting me through, like, my cringe. But that's my trauma. like, not about anyone else. But, like, I'm glad these people have the courage to say something. Because I could never. Yeah. Never. Um, and so like I know for some people that's gotta be a lot, but for those that need it and like crave that ability to have these conversations that don't like have any boundaries other than like boundaries people say
3: mm-hmm. is
5: so important.
3: Yeah.
5: I think yeah. like also the respect in the community is just mm-hmm. so strong
2: of
5: like everybody respects other people's identities. I know for me, because I use neoprono like a set of neopronouns al- alongside like multiple sets of pronouns, I've never felt ostracized or hurt because of that. I felt scared because I'm, I was pretty much one of the only people to yeah. use neopronouns, if not like one of the first people in the group to use neopronouns.
1: No, I think you were. I think you might have been the first. And I feel like that opened it up for a lot of people to experiment with that as well.
5: I think it was me and MJ that started it, and a lot of people, I think, started that seeing that and were like, oh, okay. Um, some were, like, less educated on neopronouns, so they just didn't know how to take it, and, like, I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. I use multiple sets of pronouns for a reason. Use whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But, like, it also gave people the freedom to be like, oh, well, no one's mocking this person for using it. People are respecting that set of pronouns. I can use that in this space. Um, and not be afraid. And I love that. Um, and like, although I do feel worried about it a lot, sometimes, because I am one of the few, it's yeah. still like, I know at least one person in this room, if not more, that will back me up if something happens. Yeah. And like, that's also part of the security of like, if someone does try and hurt me with it, um, because they're not sure on neo pronouns, or how to use these things, or what to do about it, Um, I have someone that at least one person in every room that I know will back me up and like keep me from being hurt. And I think that's also a huge thing for people. That's also what inspired me to use them more and more of Mm -hmm. knowing at least one person that was going to back me up no matter what Mm -hmm.
1: happened. Yeah. Like a sense of, yeah, a sense of safety. And like, I think you're right to name like respect. I feel like that is like something that, I mean, you and I, we, I've only been in Rebel a few months more than you. And like, even though I'm quote unquote, a leader, like I'm still experiencing the same things as you. Like, I think we do a lot of, I like, I like to think of it as a playground. Like people change their names all the time at Rebel. And like, I've been experimenting with new names and like, it took me a long time and I still feel kind of nervous about it. Like it was just last week that I experimented with a new name. And I'm like, I feel kind of nervous and also very excited because I know that this is this, like, a place that people will be, like, more excited about this than they will be, like, weary. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Like, when I changed to August James, I had people just, it took people a minute to be, like, oh, that's that same person, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when you're seeing just the name and, like, nothing else. It's, like, who is that? Um, And, like, it takes a minute, as does every change in every person like no matter how accepting you are it's gonna take a minute for that to click in your brain Uh, but like i uh, no one questioned it no one cared they were just like oh okay awesome i love that name great and i love that energy of just like okay cool (laughs) i don't care that's That's celebrated but like i'm not gonna say like say anything other than celebrate this name change but not to a degree that you're uncomfortable
3: yeah oh Okay,
1: well, I don't want I don't want to take too long, but I wonder if there's anything else you want to share. And then I wanna end on like, I don't know, where you like, because I feel like you really are for folks listening. August is like one of the most participatory people of Rebel. Like you are like you came in and we were like, Oh my gosh, this person is here to stay. Like we could tell. I remember just being like, Where's August? Like, is August here? Oh, there's August. And you're on the board or the yak is that what it's called
5: the yak the youth youth advisory council yeah
1: yeah and so i feel like i mean one thing we're trying to do at rebel is have it not be like oh there's a set of leaders and we are deciding what this space is and more just like we don't know what it is and we're figuring it out and it's like a community so i don't know i guess i wonder like what are your hopes and like what do you hope for this place as we continue to like grow and become what we are
5: I love the youth led integration. That is one of my favorite parts. That's why I joined the YAC. I love the idea of a youth taking charge on like an organization and having their space and having their say, especially in an organization that focuses on youth and like, that's the point. Um, so for us to like, continue leading things like that, I think at our most recent retreat, um, we had the idea of like, um, I know youth were leading these things, not just leaders. Like I know someone was, some youth was leading an ace group, although with another leader, it was still like, Hey, there's a youth being a part of this and taking charge on this front. And I think that was so important to be like, Oh, these opportunities are available to me. Yeah. Uh, And like I said, of, of right after I was kicked out of my church, I was seeing this place where my voice was wanted and, and, Accepted and appreciated and lifted up, and I think, especially as trans people being a minority, that's also important. Of mm-hmm. being like, hey, this trans person, this person of uh, color, this person that's a youth, that voice is being held up, and I think that's, I think where we should head strongest of putting these voices toward towards the forefront. Yeah,
1: yeah. Even as you're talking, I'm like, next time we do interest groups we should do them where they're like youth-led instead of leaders like leading the interest groups or like a partner thing. Yeah, Because there definitely is like this balance of like, well, we want to be it to be like, you don't have to come and like work for this space. I put quotes, people can't see it. But like at the same time, I think you're right, like opportunities to continue to be leading the space.
5: Because, like, for sure, even in just, like, small groups or primary groups, I forget what we call them, (laughs) because primary groups, um, like, even in those, it's like, yes, these are the adults, and they're supposed to help you, and that's mainly just for, like, the teens, it's like, these are the adults, especially since, you know, we have more young adult groups that are all adults. It's kind of like, these people just no more behind the scenes, but really they have no power. (laughs) They they just make sure everything's running smoothly and that there is no problem. Yeah. Like outside of that, it's like, just, you are equal to every person that you are around. Yeah. Like your voice is equal to every person. You have the same amount of power as every person. It's just making sure that each place is safe and has a person. Mm -hmm. Like I said, being like, Oh, well, that's the one person I know will back me up. And that is, basically the use of my understanding and my personal experience of the leaders
1: Mm -hmm. gosh I love that that makes me happy it's it's nice to just hear that back and be like okay cool like because I feel that vibe and I feel like a large vibe is like I'm I think there's this really like interesting myth in like ministry where it's like oh especially something like youth ministry where it's like oh you know, leaders, they have to be like, they're the ones teaching and they're the ones doing the ministering. And it must mostly only be benefiting the youth. And it's like, well, I here I am a quote unquote leader and I'm showing up and I'm feeling like I'm learning and gaining and benefiting from you all. Like it took like 15 of the youth to start changing their names around for me to be like, I think I want to do that too, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I, I like I know that you are the ones leading that path for me which is just like a really I'm so grateful for it
5: <laughs> yeah <But> like <laughs> if I just think about like the relationships I have or the relationships I've seen grow of like I think about you and one person and like I'm like that's a friendship even though you are a leader and that person is a youth that is a friendship yeah. and I think about the person I have and I'm like Yeah, they're more, they have a mentor role in my life and the way that they give me advice and they help me through problems, but it's still a friend. And I'm like, that is a friend first before anything else. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's super true. I, the other day was actually, I think I know you're talking about, and I was like, they're mostly my friend. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm like, that is my friend.
5: I don't, that's not a mentor. Like, that's not a leader. That's not someone who holds power above me, although technically they do. It's like, that is a friend. Yeah. The most that there is is an age gap. Like that's
1: yes, the biggest yes, difference. That's the biggest, that's the difference. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to plug what you are working on? You don't have to, but I'm just like, this is a chance. If you want to plug this your project. <laughs> and it is coming to
5: fruition slowly, but surely. Um, I and Eli um, are starting a podcast called Words to the Wind Podcast. Um We will be releasing within the next month, hopefully. Words to the wind. (laughs) Um, And so I'm super excited for that project to come. And I'm just, because it's a purely birthed out of rebel, I love it so much that it's two rebel peeps just talking to each other and about important issues. Um, and I think it just really says everything about the youth of we come together and we work on things and we want to make change. And like, that's our goal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, No Small Things, number one podcast they sponsor is Words to the Wind. Like I'm putting this out there into the this episode and people who are listening will hear us when it, when this gets released. It will be at the top of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Pause this podcast. Go check out Words the Win. <laughs> um, okay, anything, any last, final closing thoughts you want to share? No,
5: I don't. I think that's it.
1: August, I love you so much. I won't. I'll just end the recording part and we can say goodbye. But I just want to say here on the record, I consider you a friend before anything else. I think you know that. Um, but I just want to say those words out loud that I mean, I think you've taught me so much this year and we, this is a virtual youth group, but August and I have gotten to meet in person. So that was just like one of the, a very unique piece of this year and just seeing you and living with like living life alongside you for a week, uh, was just precious to me
3: and I love you so much. Love you too.
0: All right everybody, if you've been listening, uh thanks for tuning in. This is really the best part. So everything was leading up until this. I know. So so here here's what happened. We we go virtual and beloved arise. Welcome to a
3: Zoom youth group.
1: <laughs>
0: beloved Arise is a website and an Instagram that's on the rise, collecting followers, putting out affirming you know, content to queer youth of faith to all over the world. That's Mm -hmm. the key here. Mm -hmm. And when COVID happens, June starts to say, hey, why don't you just mention about the youth group on the Instagram? Like, okay. We're literally thinking at the time, and everybody can relate to this. We're going to be back to meeting in a month anyways.
1: Right. So we don't really, like, we're not invested in an online youth group.
0: So I remember uh, a few kids started joining, and even that was pretty cool. But I was like, well, nice to meet you, but we're going to be back to meeting in person pretty soon anyways. And obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. And all, uh, uh, as we all know, as we all know, I don't need to tell anybody listening to this. It's like, this is happening last year around this time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I guess, I guess we're not going to be meeting in person until the summer. And then I guess we're not going to be meeting in person till the fall. And then maybe not until next year. And what will we ever, And I
1: (laughs) I feel like within two months, I mean, honestly, I would say within a month, it's like we were, we had kids that we were like, we're never going to, you're in our fold. Yeah. Like within a kid coming to youth group, it's like all of a sudden, even if they are maybe passerbying, it's like you're in our fold. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I feel like the way you and I both do youth ministry is like, no one ever like leaves the fold if they're gone. I don't know why that word keeps coming to mind, but it feels right. Biblical. Like, I feel like within a month it was yeah. clear. Yeah. Like, no. Like, I'm never. If this kid needs this, we're always gonna
0: offer this. Yeah, totally. Maybe, maybe two months. Maybe two months, and and yeah, I think after about two or three months, maybe uh, June and I started talking and saying, I don't think th- this, whatever this is, is ever gonna be in in uh, in person again. Like, this is indefinitely virtual, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think we, this is, this is where I start to say, like, I feel like I'm a crazy believer in something cosmic and grand. I'm like, this seems so far beyond what anybody had in the cards, Yeah, you know? And, and I feel like both you and I are experiencing this idea of like somehow this, this really crazy, tragic, toxic, toxic, confusing, disorienting story is being utterly redeemed. Totally. And so all of a sudden kids are reaching out to us from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing was, is that we were ready. It's not like I was just this random solo pastor. It's like, I I want everybody to understand at this time, we had at least 10 leaders from this old church who who were joining us. And we Mm -hmm. had an established team that had been leading together for over three years Mm -hmm. that knew and trusted each other. We had been on mission trips and retreats and in the most hectic, crazy, youth ministry circumstances
1: and we had like survived a pretty toxic space together. We had like found, we had continued to do what we thought was really good youth ministry in the midst of a lot of people trying to thwart that.
0: Mm -hmm. So when kids started joining us, we had, we were ready. Yeah. We, I wasn't like, I don't know. I'm just trying to recruit leaders. It's like, no, I've got these leaders who I trust completely. Yeah. And we're like, we're doing smaller groups and come, come and come join the Team here, Ch- come join this ministry, and um, it, it it it's to the point now where there's well well over a hundred kids participating every week, and now it's like <sighs> up to twenty new kids a week are joining. Mm-hmm. My friend Mark said, and and this is again why I don't I don't know what to say with these types of statements because. I've never cared about church growth or growing my youth right,
1: group. Right, right.
0: It's not. It's almost.
1: It's almost scary. Yeah. How fast it's growing.
0: So I sound like I'm this person who's like bragging about their numbers. That's not what I'm doing. I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, now that you know the story of Beloved Arise and Rebel, and we wanted an affirming youth group, and now June's trying to do this thing where he's trying to spread this message of hope to queer youth of faith all over the world. It's like this beacon. And now it's like all, all, all the queer kids from around literally the world, mm-hmm. not all, but many, many, many of those kids who are experiencing the exact same thing Mace did at this other church yeah. are finding us. Yeah. And they're finding a way out. Yeah, And all these kids. So I guess we'll go back and forth between explaining how this works for us. Um, the youth group is virtual. We meet every Monday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. We haven't missed a night since this started last year.
1: No. I can't ever see us missing one. It's like one yeah. time you took a break a week off, but like we, we you ran kept, it.
0: You kept doing it. Yeah. And um, now kids find us uh, and email, and before they come to the youth group, they meet with me, mm-hmm. and most of my time now is – Spent meeting with these kids, welcoming them, telling them about the youth group, answering questions, putting them in a small group.
1: Telling them, hey, yeah, like, I promise you, you can be gay. Mm -hmm. We promise you it's okay, and God still loves you.
0: And I've got these, you know, I've got, like, a 16-year-old who's just found us from Kansas, and their parents don't know they're calling us, and they're sitting in a car, and they're scared, and, and they're just like, is it okay to be gay and Christian? And... I'm like hanging by a thread here and, and we're able to say absolutely. And not only that, but we're going to celebrate that and mm-hmm. you're going to meet other people just like you. I mean, there's this um, blind melon video that people that are my age know all about where there's this girl who's a like sort of dressed up as a nerdy bumblebee is going around the world and finding nobody like her. Mm. And the very end of the video, it's like she finds this this beautiful field of other little kids who are dressed up like bumblebees and they're all dancing together. Yeah. That's, that's what, what it is like. That's what this is.
1: No, it really is. I mean, I'll, I'll say as as the gay Christian here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I've been so healed by this community. Like just so healed by it existing and like I immediately get emotional as I talk about it. Like you show up weekly and it's like yeah, it is all. It's all the like church rejects in a lot of ways it's all the people who have like for so long been told that like they've either had to deny a part of themselves to like believe in a god or have to abandon god and so it's like this really sad thing where it's like you have to deny one of these beautiful things about life like these these two beautiful things about life one has to go and we're just so aggressively saying no both fit and both are beautiful and I think like you're saying, it's not just like, it's fine. It's like celebrated Mm -hmm. and you're going to find other people that have your story. And I think there is this like, it's sad how similar most people's stories are. It's like, there's, I feel like there's kind of like a few routes in terms of like kids joining. It's like, you get the really sweet, lucky kids that are like, my parents love that I'm here and it's great. Mm -hmm. And I'm like Mm -hmm. supported and that's great. But the more common story is like, so I've been kicked out of my church or so I've been told my whole life I can't do this. I've never once even thought I could be gay and Christian. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that those two things could exist. And there's just this really particular way in which these two identities get pinned against each other. Mm -hmm. And we're out here saying, like screaming from the rooftops like no they actually can be integrated and it's actually really beautiful Mm. and like this piece of you that is has been denied for so long it's actually like an incredibly beautiful part of who you are and I'll say for myself like I get to go and look at the screen and like the group is dominantly queer people (laughs) like it's like oh you're like I'm gonna start an affirming youth group and it's like There are allies and people who are straight in the group, but like I would say, what, 80%? Yeah. Would you say are queer? Like that's, if not more. more. So there's this really interesting thing that's happened where it's become a really profound space of affinity and healing Mm -hmm. and a space of. Maybe all day, like I'm learning about this whole systems perspective and like this idea of like if you're a single person in a system, like you hold so much weight for the system. So it's like you're gay at your school and you're one of 20 kids and you're the only gay kid in the room. Like you're kind of holding a lot of weight for that space Mm -hmm. and for the system and holding a lot of identity weight and like meaning making, regardless if you want to or not. But you can show up. Here, rebel, and not only will you be accepted and affirmed, but, like, you don't have to hold that weight anymore. Mm. Like, you're going to see another trans person. Mm-hmm. You're going to see another bi person. Mm-hmm. You're going to see another ace person. You're going to see another lesbian. Like, you no longer have to hold all of that pressure. Like, you get to come in this space, and that pressure gets released, and it gets celebrated, And then you get to participate in someone like it's this really fascinating thing. It's like the kids that come to rebel are people who are such like people of faith. Like they're the people who are like, no, I desperately still want to be able to hold on to my faith and Mm -hmm. make sense of my faith. And I don't want to let go of a part of myself because I can tell this is important, too. It's like the people who come are profound people who are like so resilient. And so I have such a strong sense of self. Like I'm always just like amazed and just like, I didn't have this sense of self in high school. I was deep in repression and deep in thoughts of arguing for celibacy. It's yeah. like, I, I look at this face and I just think of what little mace would have been like here. Mm. And I mm. just like, imagine how, how special that would have been for me. Mm. And I'm like, I'm 26-year-old Mace, and it's special for me. Like, mm. I'm, I, you'll hear in these interviews, and I'm talking with August, I'm like, I learned so much, and I've gained so much confidence in myself from watching and witnessing and being a part of so many other people, yeah. like, owning their own selves. Like, there's so much, there's just so much release in terms of, like, not being the the single queer in the room. Like there's something really, really profound and really like, it just gives you, I can breathe easy in the space. Like I just feel so much like I can let go and there's just so much less judgment and less judgment on myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's what we want for all teens and that's one of the things June and I have been talking. There's this campaign do better young life and you know their mission statement is every kid everywhere for eternity. And June was like, yeah, every kid. Yeah. Every kid. Yeah. And the things you were saying is what we want for all teens. We want all teens to have that feeling absolutely and in all ways including queer kids. Yeah. And they're not getting that in most Christian spaces. And this is happening all over the world. I mean, it's been eye-opening for me. I I mean, we knew this was needed, but Um, I think maybe as we're winding down just to this is what I've been now that we're sort of settled. Like Mm -hmm. last year was fun and exhilarating and exciting, but also for me personally, especially like a lot of anxiety of feeling we need to make this work. Yeah. And there really probably was no sign that it wouldn't work, but it still was scary, scary. And I mean, I'm so grateful that I had you and our other friends on this team because I would have not in any way been able to do this because I I would have just felt tragically alone and hopeless. (laughs) Um, But now we're sort of settled and we're like, okay, truly what is this? We're wanting kids to know as they come each week and we're wanting our leaders because now we have new leaders joining us from all over the world too. Mm -hmm. What is this? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I keep trying to, and I I want people listening to try to understand what this is. Now that we are able to do what we want at the, in the very simplest terms, it's caring for kids. Yeah, <laughs> loving kids for who they are, and that's just what I. You could end it right there, and just say, no more, no more explanation. Now, of course, I can talk for hours about what I think that looks like, but in terms of Christianity, um, we call it rebel. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that we love this beautiful human named Sean Crawley. Oh, we do. We love Ashon so much. Interview with Ashon is one of my one of favorite our North episodes. Stars. Yeah. And I I would recommend if you haven't listened to that episode, no matter who you are, go back and listen to our episode with Ashawn Crawley. Mm
2: -hmm, Um, mm -hmm.
0: And he has this phrase that he used that has captivated my imagination that seems very Christian.
1: It's the most beautiful phrase I was hoping we would talk about. and I'm glad you're (laughs) evoking it.
0: So he said he talks about otherwise possibilities, which is to always imagine something different than the dominant narrative of our world. And that feels very Christian. Um, You know, there's a billboard, ironically, not a reader board um, on the reader board of the church that was right next door to the church that we used to work at. And it it always said, um, God is still speaking. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So the idea that the Holy Spirit is still moving, God is still speaking, and it's not static and set in stone and rigid, but like Christians and people of faith and humans in general should be able to continue to think outside the box of what has been. And in so many ways a lot of Christian structures and institutions and churches are meant to get us to just keep thinking the same way and keep things as they were. And there's, there's a place for what you'd call maybe orthodoxy or tradition, but there's also a place for thinking of new possibilities. Mm -hmm. So what I try to say to the kids and when I try to say to myself to remind myself is like, we keep getting aligned with other agendas, like what you call maybe deconstruction or progressive Christianity. And I'm like, this is just a space where we, love kids and dream up new ideas and expressions of Christianity. So I don't want any, any student to feel like a um, responsibility or or a, 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 an imperative to deconstruct. Right. No, <coughs> no, 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 no. Or believe the way, quote unquote, progressive Christians believe. Yeah. It's just like you, we always say this, this space is set up for us to have a mutual space of learning. So we learn from the kids as much as they learn from us. So, in that sense, all sorts of new things are going to be said about God. And yeah. they have. And oh, they, have. they definitely have. And yeah. it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And and to have this whole community of not only teens, but queer folks being sort of shut out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. The church is missing out.
1: So much. Missing out so much. I mean, I think that this is this other thing. It's like I joke and it's a f- I don't know what this joke is, but it's like.
0: <laughs> what is this joke? <laughs>
1: I'm like quasi Christian. Yeah, I'm right. like I've I've ha
0: ha, ha. what uh, a joke. Ha,
1: ha. <laughs> but like I I was really burned by Christianity clearly. We've we've seen this in mm-hmm. my story and I've had a hard time making sense of owning if I'm Christian or not. And I'm not sure. I don't I it depends on the day honestly yeah. that I'll claim it or not. Yeah. And in the early days I feel like There was a, we ended a youth group and I called you and we were talking and I was like, I think I'm going to become Christian because of these people. (laughs) Like, am I going to become Christian?
0: That says something, doesn't it?
1: And there is like, I lost faith. Like I had lost faith by the end. Like I was like, I care about youth ministry, but I don't believe in hope. I don't believe in a God. And I don't believe that there's some eternal, like I don't, I didn't believe in, the church anymore. Yeah. Like I lost faith in the church and I lost faith in community and I lost faith in like all of, all of the wonder that I'd fallen in love with. I, it had all become disillusioned and become so, so sad. And I had, I had to deny so much of myself that it just, I gave up. Mm-hmm. And I feel more spiritual and more alive and more in touch with the Trinity, with this, this other, with, with the, the beauty of a community, with the magic that happens in a community in the past year than I could have ever imagined. I'm like, I'm a believer of something. Like I have faith again. I don't know if I claim to be a Christian, but I have faith and I have my, I have belief again. And it's so much. I mean, it is because of this community. I mean, it, there's lots. There's other factors, sure, but like primarily, this community has given me so much hope and so much meaning and so much freedom hmm. to to believe again, and space to believe again, and hope and trust. And I find myself getting really sappy and corny and <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: like and and reinvited into that. In, in a way that feels so much different now because it's it's not without knowing the dark side. It's knowing the dark side and knowing, wow, we're actually resiliently believing in the midst of this and creating. And I mean, we didn't, I don't, we were winding down, but like Rebel is also the most creative community I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. Like every single week and every single retreat we do and everything we do, it's like, the, once we like set people free like creativity just happens like totally. singing it's crocheting poems songs dancing all the things like i joke to the kids like if we were to ever have a retreat we would end with an art exhibit yeah where like there's food there's music there's like a walk through art thing there's spoken word because it's like That's what just naturally happens. Mm -hmm. That's just like Mm -hmm. what this space has created. It's like all of a sudden you set people free and they're able to experience faith in a way that's like beyond just like reading the Bible. And all of a sudden you just see people bursting forward Mm -hmm. with creation and expressions of faith and expressions of worship that are so beautiful.
0: Yep. Gosh. Nope. we, We get to bear witness to it and it's, it's like what you want to do is it feels like the gospel, right? It feels like good news. It's like you want to spread this good news, like go tell it on the mountain or whatever. It's like um, it's a win-win for everybody. When you set teens free, no matter who they are, um, and you get to really know them for who they are instead of trying to micromanage them or tell them who they should be, everyone wins. You win as a person, Mm -hmm. communities win, society wins. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I know, we all win.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, sometimes I'm like, uh, it It's this weird thing. You'll hear this in the August interview. It's like, I'm quote unquote a leader, but like, no, like they're leading me yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. And I think that's another myth. I mean, we talked about this earlier this like one, this arrow towards youth. It's like, there's this idea that that's wrong somehow. Yeah. That like, oh, we shouldn't be healed by people who are younger than us. And I'm just like, nope, sorry.
0: Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, I have kids 16 and 14. Uh, A new parent is healed by new life. Yeah. You're putting your baby to bed and you're like, okay, well, something mysterious is happening in life right here. And to be like, oh, nothing's happening to me. I'm not having any experience (laughs) with this baby. I'm unaffected. It's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like, of course, you're impacted by caring for something and, and knowing anybody. Yeah. No matter what their age. Yeah. You know? um yeah so i guess update on rebel it's a thriving weekly youth group with kids from all over the world it's growing with an amazing team of leaders and i don't really want anybody to spread the word about it because it's already too big but (laughs) sometimes But
1: also it's it's this complicated thing where it's like we want spread the
0: word because we want people to know about it
1: we want people to know about it because there's this piece of like if you're out there And you're wondering if, I mean, if you made it this far, I don't know if you're still wondering, but like you're wondering if... (laughs) Is this an affirming youth group? (laughs) If you can be who you are authentically and show up to faith authentically in all of who you are. I mean, we want people to know that. We want people to know that they can, that there's a space for them. Mm -hmm. So that's this complicated thing where it's like, yeah, the youth group is getting, it's getting really big and it's beautiful and wonderful. And we want people to know that, but it is also like, wow,
2: this is getting big. It this is, is a yeah. lot to manage, <laughs>
1: but I feel like we're, we're, we're equipped
0: for it. Yeah. I I guess maybe we want to say, um, this is, a, this feels like a bit of a movement of sorts and, and it's that, that thing that we've captured, I think in this episode, it's a dual movement of like a certain way to approach teenagers and also just affirming and and re- everybody reaching out to oppressed communities all over the world in any context mm-hmm. and doing the work that needs to be done and we were talking to henny last week and i was like is this abolition work <laughs> and i'm not the one to I, i'm i'm just going to quote henny and henny i said yes just in the sense that we're not tearing anything down but we are starting fresh
1: well i mean i think that is the thing exactly it's like no we don't need to reform because i'm like not really here for reform in a lot of ways i'm like well the the system's pretty broke reforming is only just gonna like slightly enhance a bad thing yeah
0: yeah well said yeah
1: like let's just build something new yeah and this does feel like we're just gonna build something new we're gonna create this community we're gonna say yep you're welcome we're gonna create otherwise possibilities and say guess what you know we're and i think this is part of it is like we sh- it's still unfolding, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's still changing and growing and will continue to change and will continue to be shifted by what the youth need mm-hmm. from this space, mm-hmm. you know, what, what they desire, what they want this to be. It's like, we'll follow their lead in a lot of ways. Yep. Um,
0: no, I think, I think one of the reasons we want to do this episode is I, I, I guess now that it's winding down, I think this is probably primarily for no small thing listeners, whatever that means. And I would love for our rebel community if our students want to listen to this long rambly two and a half hour episode to, to listen to it. But, um, I, I want to be able to reference this in the future and have people know what we're talking about. Yeah. And so it's a nice, it's so just, much
1: a part of our lives. Yeah.
0: It's so much catching people up on what's going on with us. So it's a thing we're doing everybody. It was, it's something we're both very proud of. And it's something that sort of is, 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 a. Uh, Flowing out of our no small thing stuff, mm-hmm, you know, these things mm-hmm. all blend together. Mm-hmm. Um, we know, just started so. teaching
1: a class on curiosity at Rebel yeah. for kids yeah. that wanted it, so it is flowing. No small thing is flowing into Rebel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I guess maybe I'll end. Let's each have some closing thoughts. Um, I want to say, first of all, thank you to you, in particular. For being there the entire time, you know, and it, it is so apparent throughout this entire story how much we've been through together and how we have truly become bandmates, business partners, whatever metaphor you want to use, church planters. <laughs> 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 um, So that's a sweet thing. I think we've reaffirmed and I I don't know if we need any more r- affirming of our relationship, but um and I really want to say thank you to the leaders. Mm-hmm. If if leaders have listened up until now, it's just been, that's another big, big celebration of this year of like a team that loves each other and supports each other that we meet every Sunday. I don't think we've missed a single meeting all year too mm-hmm. as leaders. And mm-hmm. we, we talk about what we're doing, we make plans and there's just so many leaders that have given so much time. But like, obviously, you know, the, the, the thing I want to most say is, thank you to these students like they're they're wanting to say thank you to us but i'm like we're being healed and restored and inspired and we love them so much you know like i I, i'm done saying this but in the early days it was like this was real i kept saying this is real these are real relationships these are real students these are real people and i'm done saying that because i know that now but it was such a foreign feeling in the early days of meeting kids over zoom and now we know these are relationships that will last for life and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. every single one of these kids. Is so amazing and precious and beautiful and talented and fiery and I don't know. I I mean, if you're listening and you're one of the students from Rebel, we we love you so much, so much, so much. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want any closing thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, closing thoughts. I was also like, I was like, I want to thank you. Like, (laughs) we're both (laughs) like in in gratitude, but like, I'm 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 just like. I'm really grateful for the universe for bringing us together, like, and just the fact that, like, you and I both quickly clicked on how we saw youth ministry. And, like, you you saw me, like, in the midst of that crazy place. And, I mean, you stuck up for me. Like, I think there's no getting around that. Like, you've, you've pers- like, consistently showed up for me in the queer community in the past multiple years um and I'm so grateful for it I mean I'm so grateful for it um sometimes I don't even really like know how to say that you know like I'm just um you've I've seen you change and learn and grow in the past two years just like so much I mean I have two, but like you, you've become like more than an advocate. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways you've become one of us, <laughs> 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 whatever that is. Like
0: That's I, a I thought. I feel like
1: no. I mean, it is. It's like this idea of like you've been immersed mm. and allowed yourself to be transformed and let go of straightness in a way that I found to be so healing and I felt so valued by you and I care so much about this work and like here I am getting this psychology degree and I'm off and I'm like I'm probably going to want to work with teens and families and probably queer youth like if I'm being really honest like that's probably the population I'll work with most and I just I'm so grateful that we get to do this and weekly do it and yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in a similar place of like in everyone else. It's like, it's a whole team. Like I'm so sad that this episode, I mean, this is fun for us to really go back and tell. I mean, fun. I say, cause like the first hour was actually kind of, I mean, it is good, but tough mm-hmm. to kind of mm-hmm. just like name, you know, like where we came from. And I think it's actually really healing to name it all. Um, but we have, found just amazing people and there is an amazing other like so many other people that are a part of this team that are just as a part of rebel and have stories similar to ours and different than ours and um related to ours and i just i mean here i am i'm just like i feel like there's some divine things happening here um yeah i think i think there's no getting around just My life is forever changed by this. Um, Being able to be a part of it and be a leader in it and then, like, being able to do what I feel like I'm best at and, like, I've always felt like I was really good at doing, like, ministry and seeing people and working with families and working with youth. And there is, like, a year or two years of my life where it was just, like, I felt like everyone was against me in that and like now to have a chance to get to do the thing that I feel most passionate about and I feel like is where I offer the most good is just like it's given me so much hope and this year of COVID is crazy but like I think you and I both I'm grateful um it, we wouldn't be where we are and I wouldn't know kids that you will hear in these interviews, people from across the country and world. I'm like, I'm, my life is forever changed by this, mm-hmm. this year and what is to come. Um, it's given, b- I think both of us a new vision for how things can be. Um, and it means a lot that this is on the podcast. I feel like it is really crazy that it took us this long for it to make it, but I feel like we wanted to just do this pod right. But, like, if you're a No Small Thing listener, like, this is just as much No Small Thing. Like, Mm -hmm. this is... True, true. This is... We're... Like, I hope that you've enjoyed being brought into this, because this is always happening. This has been happening the whole time we've been doing the pod, and the pod has been in the background. And this has also been... They're so related in a weird way.
0: Um, well, I, I think that's what we're trying to do with, you know, you speak for yourself, but it's like, we want, I want Christianity to be less certain and more curious.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um. So, I don't know, I'm rambling. I'm just, I'm just like overwhelmed and um. I denied being queer for so long and this year has been just like so special that i'm like i get to have faith again yeah i get yeah. to have faith again cuz i didn't i i i like pendulum swung to just like going from i'm not going to have faith i'm going to just let myself be queer and i needed that but like i get to be both
0: yeah absolutely
1: that's like that's that's really special to me
0: Yeah. I guess one final thought is if if we were to make a little list of all the things we're learning from the kids in the youth group, it's like in the zoom world, if we're saying it's part of a teenager's journey to try on different selves in order to discover themselves. So it's, it's not just some sort of like, um, like strange, unfortunate side thing that happens to a few teens it's like yeah. it's 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 a good thing yeah and just when we get on the zoom every week it's like it is a cacophony of new, names. new pronouns and new names every week yeah. it's like okay this person who was this is now a different name and we're we've had to we've had to become extremely agile at being like you know i i mean and maybe a year ago i would have been like hey what's up with this new name and what i'm just like oh that's that's this person this week. And now we've moved on from that name and that's new pronouns this week. And they just feel so comfortable to change it up every week. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> I mean, I talked to August about this because I've I've started with, experimenting with a Rebel name. So yeah. I'm like, at Rebel, I want people to call me Moon. Yeah. I mean, they can call me Mace too. I'm super fine with that. But like I'm like, this is... A fun cool. name for yeah. me to try out, and I'm like, yeah, this is dope, and I get to do this <laughs> in this space, and I know I can, and like, I get all the DMs like, Moon's great, love the name, blah blah blah, like all the yeah. people, and it's like, I'm I'm free, yeah. This that community I get to do that
0: can teach the world on how to be more accepting and loving. Yeah, you know? yeah, they just do it. I virtually.
1: I was talking to some classmates, and I was explaining Rebel to them, and I was like, I feel like we're just constantly coming up with imaginative new new ways to love each other. Mm -hmm. It's like there is this sense of imagination in this space. And Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, queerness has always been doing that. I mean, Mm -hmm. to be queer is to have to imagine something Mm non-normative. You're never going to fit the mold. And so there's always this, like, creative, imaginative element to it. And it's like, here we are, all of these these other these people who have been othered and they're saying nope we're gonna imagine something new and it's gonna be great and it's like let's find creative ways to care for each other and it feels like that's the premise of like oh you want this thing and this person wants that thing and we're all I mean we talk about this like we're all high maintenance so like let's continue to cultivate each other's high maintenance like oh that's what like loving looks like to you, we're, we'll do it. We'll figure yeah. out a way to love you that
0: way. Or special treatment. Yeah,
1: special, special treatment. treatment. Everyone deserves special treatment. <laughs> yeah. It's true.
0: Yeah, that's a classic youth ministry mantra. Like, Nobody here is going to get any special treatment. And I was like, something very naturally didn't sit well with me when I would hear those things. I'm like, why? You're like, why? Why can't we get special treatment? Everyone <laughs> should get special treatment. <laughs> um. Yeah, maybe one final, final thought is like, it really is, I think, another example of what's happening is is in the discord like mm-hmm. we have a discord and mm-hmm. essentially it's like we've just launched these because they, they've got it from here like yeah
1: no it's like they're running the discord yeah
0: they we don't need us <laughs> and i like
1: i when i'm feeling sad i go and read the discord yeah. and just watch everyone care for each other and then <laughs> i'm like i'm feeling better
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's super wholesome. Um, Yeah, we could ramble and ramble and ramble. We're so proud of this, and we love our leaders and students, and it's amazing. And we hope to talk about it again soon, but um, we want to invite our listeners into this. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you to our amazing friends, students, teens, participants who gave their reflections to this episode. Um, We'll be back next week with our friend Frederick, who's Mm -hmm. also part of Rebel. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what Frederick's gonna talk about, but he's probably gonna come in, come in hot, some, hot. Big thoughts. some
1: passion, yeah. intensity, in <laughs> earnestness, yeah. for sure.
0: Thanks for listening to this long episode. If you got all the way to the end, everybody, um, we, we, we care about you as well. A lot of caring and love and good vibes going on tonight. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and we're now gonna go cry. Okay, and that's <laughs> we're it. Cry now. <laughs> See
0: you yeah. next week, everybody. Hey y'all. This is Daniel. I use he they pronouns and I'm the Rebel Worship Leader. This song is called Our Parents' World. You may be familiar with the older hymn, My Father's World, um, which this is adapted from. The third verse was written by Gunger, and the fourth verse was written by me.
6: When we worship, we begin by finding our breath. welcome the holy breath within you, the gift of life, the gift of life, death, and rebirth.